0: We're on the edge of green
1: Welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on Etheria. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe?
0: I'm doing alright. Uh, not gonna bother to talk about what we accidentally skipped over there just five seconds ago. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been going pretty alright. Like, it's been kind of the same deal at work. Nothing really going on at the moment, necessarily. It's just, uh... So, yeah, it's just been, like, uh, you know, just more still getting used to being back in the office, and I think the bigger thing is, like, being there longer in the day compared to usual uh, the old way, just because, like, it was, like, me kind of, kind of being like, hey, I'm gonna look for something else, because I don't get enough hours here, so I can't make ends meet that they were, like, okay, we'll guarantee at least 30, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this last week, how it's still it still evens out based on the amount I make compared to my previous job. So it's like, I think part of it is just me getting used to being there more and actually being in the office more and doing work more (laughs) compared to how before sometimes there were like 90 minute long days because there was like two pieces in the mail. So. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What a disaster. Yeah. It is a little bit of being like, oh yeah, I don't actually leave till like four at the earliest now. And it's like, it's definitely longer, but it's not bad. Well,
1: I'm glad to hear it's not bad at least. Mm -hmm. I don't know, things are pretty lovely for me up here. The, the chill wind is blowing, got a lovely fire going in the cauldron, and just, uh, you know, it's autumn now. I love it. It's my season of power. Yeah,
0: it's, it's uh, you know, hot girl summer is over, and now it's uh, fall witch time. <laughs> or autumn witch, whatever the thing was. I forget. <laughs> it's spooky season. It's the best time of the year. Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) Uh,
1: But yeah, um, I don't know. Spent, well, I took another visit down to the community center. This wasn't meant to be a recurring bit, but I guess it's going to be a recurring (laughs) bit.
0: I mean, I mean, uh, our recurring bit besides this so far has been talking about titty. (laughs) so. Well, okay, but that's... That's fun, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everybody likes to talk about titties. Yeah, I I went down there today for my weekly uh, volunteering session, and uh, there was no one there, because they weren't open today, and they didn't bother to inform me not to come, so...
0: Fun! (sighs) That's, uh, yeah, that sucks.
1: Yeah, I really, really like this community center, and I think they have a very good mission, but jeez they just don't have any kind yeah of... it's,
0: it's like it's it's been three weeks now that you've been helping out and it's like in all those weeks something has come up
1: well it's not that it's over the past two weeks i haven't done anything for them because they've been so disorganized that i haven't been able to either use the systems i needed to or even get into the building
0: <laughs> yeah there's that too
1: so i don't know the uh the, the the person who founds the, founded the center is currently running for mayor of my town so I understand that she is distracted but she's not the only person who works here you know mm-hmm. so that's 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 pretty much me I played video games but that's the only thing that I did that was like a real thing you know what I
0: mean yeah video games I hear they might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes uh, and, yeah. unlike uh, the discourse about gta 6 uh, i hear video games usually are pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> god all the people showing their entire asses not understanding game development of like why is this look unfinished it's like because it's not finished it's still in development you dumbasses <laughs> and, and especially yeah. like all the devs being like yeah games are just like we don't do the graphics before we do anything else, you idiots. Look at what Splatoon and Control used to look like before they actually were finished. <laughs> or like uh, I, my favorite one was uh, the like temporary skin of Horizon Zero Dawn, because it was like done I think in like one of the Killzone games, because like the character is like fully like a dude with a machine gun or whatever, and it's just like this like blocky like shitty knockoff like like a looking T Rex that they're fighting. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, you don't design what the T-Rex looks like until you make sure that the game is actually running. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people are dumb. <laughs> don't understand that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I, uh, I did finish up Infamous 2, and that's fine. Um... I can't help but feel like uh, Nix gets treated better at the end than she does when she's introduced. So that's nice, I guess.
0: Yeah, at least there's that. Yeah, yeah.
1: See, I'm going to spoil the twist here, but uh, there's two uh, ladies with powers throughout the game, right? And Nix is the evil one, and Quo is the good one. But then, right before the last mission, they trade, and Nix becomes the good one, and Quo is evil. Oh, so... no! Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, they twisted this. 2011 video game that I will never play
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you have to decide whether you want to like stay loyal to your buddy who you've been hanging out with this whole game or loyal to the right thing
0: you know what I mean yeah so yeah be loyal to the right thing who wanted to kill civilians earlier in the game (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) to be fair she wants to kill civilians at the end of the game too it's just Uh, that that's better than the alternative
0: (laughs) what could be the alternative (laughs) Blowing up the planet? Uh, well, at the end of the game, uh,
1: you discover that there's this plague that's going on, and it turns out that that plague is caused by, I'm just going to say, superpower radiation. And uh, you have this machine that'll get rid of all the superpower radiation and kill, cure the plague, but it'll kill everybody with the superpower gene. So your options are let the plague kill most of the planet or sacrifice everyone with the superpower gene to keep everyone else alive.
0: And doesn't, like... Doesn't okay. So my question here is, how does Inf- have Infinite Second Son then me like follow up this game? Is it a different continuity, or is it? Just... Uh, no,
1: it is the same continuity. Seven years later.
0: Um. Okay. Do they make you have like? Is it like a like uh, str- like Stranger Things season like Stranger Things two kind of uh decision where you just pick which one you did at the end of the first game, and it has a very minor uh... effect on the overall story. <laughs>
1: No, there is actually a canonical ending. The, the good ending is the canonical story. Cole sacrificed all the super-powered people in order to save the
0: world. Okay. Yeah, I, I and, guess you uh, really do have to, like, try to go along with that, unless you want just, like, the real bummer game of, like, well, we wanted to make an open-world game, but uh there's, like, what, 300 people left what? on the planet? <laughs> Why aren't there any <laughs> Society has fully fucking collapsed. <laughs> It's like, okay, well, I guess you're just making Fallout 76 at that point, aren't you? If there's no NPCs. <laughs> but you want to make an open-world game with stories and quests. Well, record stories.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's ever actually explained in the main game, but there was a DLC that was added later that does tell you that about a year after Cole sacrificed everyone with superpowers, uh, the superpower gene started spontaneously appearing in people, so... Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's very weird because it's not new people being born with it. It's just straight up all of a sudden people are expressing new genes. It's very X Men.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> well. Yeah. It's just like well, we rolled ourselves into a corner and now we're writing ourselves out of the corner. <laughs> Speaking
1: of X Men, protagonist of uh, Second Son is Delson Rowe. Uh, he's Rogue from the X Men. <laughs> Uh, Anybody uh, who has a power, if he touches them, he can steal that power. It's pretty cool. Except uh, his base powers are exactly like Kohl's. Uh, They're flavored different. They're supposed to be smoke, but it's it's just literally the same powers mapped to different buttons. It's so confusing. (laughs) I don't think they expected anyone to go straight from Infamous 2 into this.
0: I mean, there was a three-year gap between the two, yeah, so...
1: (laughs) Yeah, because like they took away the aim button that now shoots grenades, so it's like if you try to aim, then uh oh.
0: <laughs> Wait, what was? Oh, you're right. Because you said it was like kind of like a shooter, but what was aim before?
1: Uh, it was uh left bumper. Oh,
0: <laughs> but this was in peak like 2010s, like gray and green not gray and green, like green green, green brown military shooter days. Why would it not be on like the left trigger? probably be on left bumper <laughs> heck if I know <laughs> uh, it's gotta be weird like that I guess sometimes
1: yeah I guess but yeah that button is now the grenade button and the button that used to fire your bolts is now rocket launchers so <laughs> it's just you got a map it, it's fine <laughs> um I will say, uh, infamous second son. So far, a uh, lot less racist than infamous two, so that's much better. Um, it's so. Hmm. I am not very deep into this game, but uh, Delson is uh, is he's he's First Nations person. Mm-hmm. He's a member of the Akomish tribe, which is fictional, but there you go. And the main plot of the story is that a powerful government white lady shows up and uh, basically does stuff that's going to kill his whole tribe, and so he has to go hunt her down to get her to undo it, so, you know.
0: Yeah, this one does. Yeah, it's...
1: There's a lot of room for it to get bad from here, just based on what I've said already, but so far they haven't done anything horrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully it goes a Except... lot better overall than the previous one. Yeah. Previous two, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My last comment about uh, Infamous Second Son is that these absolute monsters put motion controls in this game
0: and I hate it. Oh yeah, I mean again, it was the uh, early to mid 2010s so it was the style at the time.
1: yeah because it was a playstation 4 launch title right so
0: they just had oh, the new right. yeah, controller yeah, that yeah, could track that so they had to show yeah, it every off. every uh launch game for the ps4 had to use six axis no not six. no yeah ds4 right it's exactly the ps3 yeah. yeah like but still they had to do all that stuff and it's like oh great <laughs> Here, do you want more <laughs> of this it's like no i thought we got past that i thought the wii time was dead <laughs> It was like nope yeah <laughs> still very much not the, uh, one of the
1: territory control things is uh, tagging things because Delson is a street artist mm-hmm. so uh, you have to use your motion controls to use your controller uh... as a spray paint can too <laughs> <laughs> yep ugh why <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm playing it on the PS5 instead of the original system it was designed for, but it's really clunky. Like, it feels a lot worse than the Wii motion controls did.
0: Hmm. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know.
1: That's that's me. Just shooting smoke bolts that are practically identical to lightning except for the visual effects.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, a, it's just a, it's a different skin on this power.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty
0: much. Yeah uh i I can tell a funny story of how i uh, accidentally wandered into a uh, catholic gift shop if you want (laughs) just (laughs) uh okay so yesterday uh turns out one of my roommates texted me being like hey my birthday is on uh friday i want to like i have like some friends that are gonna like hang out and stuff at the park on saturday if you can make it and i'm like oh crap i did not actually realize it was your birthday so soon it didn't come up and i'm like oh shit i gotta think of something for a present real quick and like unfortunately because i kind of don't know as much of like what he would actually like it was like I, I, I was like okay well i know he plays a lot of instruments and likes guitar so i'll go get a gift card to like a guitar shop kind of deal it's like a it's like a i think it's just guitar center i think it's just its name it's just like it's a pretty big <laughs> yeah. like, chain and everything That's a- yeah so like when i wa- like when i went to the closest one after work because he texted while i was at work uh i happened to, like when i was walking into there i noticed that there was like a shop next to there that had like birthday cards like so through the windows i'm like oh okay i'll go in there and somehow i didn't bother to like have any uh like uh peripheral vision i guess walking in so i went over to the birthday cards and started looking at them and it's like why are they still mentioning god and jesus and then i actually like finally like look up and look around and it's like oh i see now this is a christian gift shop (laughs) and then i really (laughs) felt really out of place because like uh as uh, as it turns out, at the time, uh, Christianity sometimes isn't actually all that uh, nice to queer people, so I was like immediately like, I feel very awkward, I'm going to just walk out. <laughs> uh, ah, yeah. you're no fun. We didn't make fun of the old ladies who were inevitably the ones manning the store. Uh, uh, you're, you're not wrong, it was an old lady manning the store who <laughs> so said welcome when I got in. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I was like, I, I'm i not going to make a scene of this, so I'm just like, I'm just going to awkwardly walk out. <laughs> and then stop the CPS number <laughs> and send the other card because I was like I don't want to just hand the gift card and I don't have wrapping paper so I'm not gonna obviously wrap a gift card so it's like I need to get a card to put it in so yeah that was fun (laughs) (laughs) that was uh, an Uh, awkward little experience (laughs) yeah uh, I mean not a whole lot else has really been going on with me. It's like I was still just playing a shit ton of Splatoon. At some point I will finally continue Xenoblade three and actually finish that game. It's too fucking long. <laughs> still am still <lot>, like <laughs> ninety hours in with like two and a half chapters left to play that game. That's a lot. And uh but I did the uh, I did start watching that uh Cyberpunk anime, at Uh pirating it because fuck CD Projekt Red and also fuck Netflix. <laughs> That, uh, yeah, it was, like, the first three episodes, I think it's ten total, and, uh, I only just now learned it's actually, like, a prequel to the game, I guess, because it actually, like, references stuff that happens in the anime, it's, like, an update they did for the game, it's, like, a tie-in and stuff, but, uh, on its own, it doesn't really seem like it's, like, you know, you don't need to, like, know much about, like, cyberpunk as like a tabletop game or the video game as much to understand it and stuff and it's like it's animated by studio trigger so it's like oh it's like they're at least having fun with it they're they're doing some wacky stuff with the whole like cybernetics inside people kind of deal so it's it's been uh pretty wacky it's uh it's very much a like uh shitty dystopia which i knew uh the setting of cyberpunk 2077 was that already so it's like oh yeah you definitely uh, see a lot of uh <laughs> Messed up stuff happening early on immediately that <laughs> it's very much not for kids also which I mean never really has been but it's like oh yeah no you definitely don't I don't I guess like Netflix just doesn't really have like I mean Netflix has had stuff with Newity on it already right in terms of like their shows oh um I mean yeah Orange
1: is the New Black was their big thing for a long time oh okay like... I-, I
0: never watched that so I guess I never knew
1: Literally, the very first scene of the very first episode is women in the prison showers, topless. Ah, I gotcha. Which is a fantastic thing to discover uh, when you just leave your uh, projector on the wall and uh, Netflix starts to <laughs> auto-play. And then your parents walk past and there's 12, <laughs> foot, high titty, 12 foot high titties oh, on and that, the wall. That reminds
0: me of like, uh, back when I used to... I don't think i would ever seen all of Groundhog, uh, not uh, not Groundhog Day, uh, fucking, what's the golf movie? Fucking Caddyshack. No, Caddyshack, yeah, where it's like, uh, I think we had seen, like, bits of it on TV where it's obviously edited, but, like, at some point we got, like, the DVD and, like, yeah, it turns out uh, there's a lot more boots and stuff than that you realize watching it on TV. <laughs> it's not as obvious compared to like seeing like uh, whenever they were there Back to the Future and seeing Marty over by somebody entirely different say, holy geez, because they can't just let him say holy shit on TV. <laughs> Definitely did not get Michael J. Fox back to, voice- to do that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's like I mean, like hey, I mean the beginning part is like a very big like you know per- person going uh insane from cybernetics and killing a bunch of cops, and then it cuts immediately to a person using like VR to like like uh, VR cybernetics to watch a lady fuck them. So it's like yep, that's uh, not good. <laughs> I, I did not actually expect this entirely, but also it's CD, it's it's cyberpunk, so yeah, I guess I could have expected that that would be in here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh. I mean, I'm curious to so continue watching it. I, I like the main girl character Lucy. She's uh she seems she seems like uh I wouldn't say like just like full on like manic pixie dream girl trope, but like she definitely does come kind of come a little bit like that at first. But then like you know you actually learn more about her as the story goes on, where it's like okay, she's actually like actually just has personality to her compared to just being that. <laughs> <laughs> And also, yeah, I mean, like fair. I've also I've seen people just saying like Lucy is like the the most gender for any trans person because like <laughs> yes, like you see her designs like mm-hmm, this this is exactly what I would imagine any trans person would try to make themselves look like if like cybernetics were a thing.
1: <laughs> wow, no love for Dorio? Come on.
0: <laughs> no, I you know I do like Dorio, too. I like the big buff lady. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've only seen Rebecca in, like, the the most recent episode I watched, because I only watched the first three, but I, I do like how, just how weird her design is compared to everybody. Like, even compared to the guy that has the very long arms and fingers, it's, like, she still, like, kind of just pops out as, like, this, like, weird, like, technology pixie person, I guess, So <laughs> how I would describe her. <laughs> I mean, she straight up has, like, both, like, different color like, she has, like, pink skin or something, right? <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: like, greenish gray with pink blotches, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah
1: honestly like looking at the edge runners crew four of these people are gender goals in different ways so
0: yeah like, like even her eyes are like it's just like it kind of reminds me of like how a lot of people pick the like uh the like deep pink eyes in splatoon 3 as an option where it's like it looks like that your character is just like ever seen some shit or has really fucked up eyes kind of deal and it's like yes I understand they're like cybernetics but it's like Mm -hmm. no other character has eyes like her in it
1: (laughs) but yeah no I don't know I'm just saying uh, Dorio is a full on leather jacket nothing underneath sort of lesbian and that's my look
0: she has a leather jacket like really short shorts and like techno pasties and that's it (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) absolutely that's I do. Who I, I do. Be when I, grow
0: up. I do. Also, like, uh, I think uh, the lady with the mask. I think her name is Kiwi. I think. Yes. Yeah, yes, she's only Kiwi. like briefly introduced too. Like, I also like her design because, like, I mean, you don't really see people like wearing like mechanical, like cybernetic mask in that setting either. And it's like, or at least in terms of the main characters so far that I've seen. So it's like, oh yeah, she she hasn't gotten to do a whole lot from where I'm at, but like, I'm, I'm curious to see what she does. Yeah. Have you, have you watched um... uh, the show, or have you just seen? character designs and fan art on twitter uh, i've watched all of it yeah oh okay <laughs> i expect no, it to I be don't. very depressing based on how even the first episode goes where it's like oh yeah you know exactly where they're going with the mom character immediately <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, yeah no.
1: <laughs> yep I did have that spoiled to me, but at the same time, is it really a spoiler?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, how else is this idiot kid gonna get into like this shit? And it's like, uh, of course, you know what's gonna happen. The yeah. mom, the mom, unfortunately, has anime mom disease. <laughs> Spoilers for the very first episode in that show. It's that's not it's not the biggest surprise, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I liked Edge Runners a lot more than I ever actually liked the video game, so that's... Oh, did you play 2077?
1: I did, and it's fine, I guess, but how do I say this? Cyberpunk is not a thing that is in that game. Cyberpunk is the jacket it's wearing over standard adventure open-world
0: Oh, Okay, yeah, so it's, like, it's more like it's like the setting, but it's not the world in a sense, right?
1: It's not the world, and it's it's not the genre, is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Because so much of what cyberpunk is, is about, I don't know, rebelling against the, the corporate system that's forced you underground, right? That's, like, yeah. the whole point. And that's not really what the game is at all. Mm. It's true that a corporation is the big bad guy, but it's not really because they're a corporation. It's just because they're the people who happens to be doing murders that you saw that you weren't supposed to
0: <laughs> right hmm.
1: it's, it's very it doesn't feel cyberpunk to me insofar as there's no true resistance to the system even though your character supposedly lives underground and is an edge runner or whatever mm-hmm. it's just very accepting of everything and there's no To me, Cyberpunk is defined by the crushing feeling of needing to fight back in a corporate system that won't allow you to. Yeah. And that's not there at all. No. Except insofar as uh, the game won't allow you to fight back, and so the player might feel crushed. <laughs>
0: hmm. Yeah, that so. feels like that's a bit restrictive then. Especially compared to like what I've only seen in the first three episodes of *Edge Edgerunners, where it's like... The whole point is that, like, David is, like, telling the corporate people who are like, "Well, you can have your full scholarship back to school if you just apologize for beating up that shit kid, and it's like, Mm -hmm. but, but that's, that's shit, (laughs) like, you shouldn't have to apologize, that kid was literally making fun of him the day after his mom died. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And beat him up the previous day, so like, no, fuck that guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, like I say, I absolutely prefer the anime. (laughs) Hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of curious how the tabletop game, like, plays at all, just because it's, like, I mean, I haven't played as many, like, much of a variety of tabletop games, because it's really only been, like, D&D 3.5 and 5th edition, uh, Hero 5th and 6th edition, uh, Vampire 5th edition, and, like, a little bit of Mutants of Mastermind, like, mm-hmm. way back in high school, and obviously, like, Adelon with the little, like, game that we have going on. But yeah, I haven't, like, played as much of a big variety to know how the, the Cyberpunk TTRPG works. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I can't say that I've played it myself, but I do know a little bit about it, and uh, I dig it. It's a it's a cool setting that I think wasn't very well adapted for the book or for the game. And uh, the other thing that I know is that um, this is Johnny Silverhand, the character who Keanu Reeves plays in the video game. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't oh. seem like good casting to me because that is clearly uh, oh, feathery haired.
0: Okay, I didn't realize that he's like an established character in the tabletop game. I thought he was. Yeah, he sure is. Huh.
1: And they took this uh, Han Solo wannabe pretty boy and turned him into Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, yeah. <laughs> Keanu
0: Reeves with mechanical arm and nothing else different. <laughs> 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 huh. well, I mean, obviously, it's like, you know, different interpretations and like. I'm sure that, like, the, is the tabletop game explicitly set in 2077 as well?
1: Uh, No, I mean, different editions of the tabletop game have taken place in different years. Oh, like, okay, Sim- the...
0: Sim- similar to the World of Darkness games.
1: Yeah, I think the most... Okay, let me rephrase that. Until the game came out, the most recent version of the tabletop, I believe, was Cyberpunk 2020. Mm-hmm. And then when the game came out, they did one that's just cyberpunk red that doesn't have a year attached. So I don't know when that happens.
0: It's pr- it's probably like a little thing where it's like oh it's whenever you want it to be set, so we don't have to keep making different versions or something.
1: Maybe, or it might just be more in line with the with the game. I don't. I haven't looked into that too much. <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: Yeah, um, it's neat. Uh, I would strongly advise the RPG over the game, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean that, that ends up a lot of the time where it's like I mean it's much like how like my like a friend of mine has like been waiting for the uh Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines two game for like five years now or whatever the fuck <laughs> it's been with that game when it's like it keeps getting delayed repeatedly and like nothing's shown off from it. And it's like, yeah, I get that you're excited for that, but also like, how how can it really be anything close to like actual VTM? Like, even thinking of like the fact that they put out like a battle royale game of VTM like last summer or whatever, where it's like, that's not that's not how VTM works in the board in the tabletop game because it's all about <laughs> using discretion and not just using fucking vampire powers all the time to fight a big war. Because when vampires actually like. Vampires try to do everything in their power to not fight because when vampires fight, everything gets fucked up.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, but you see in a new edition, uh, the vampires are having a war in the Middle East, so...
0: yeah, <laughs> oh, great. Hmm. I don't think we uh, test on that in anything when it came to even looking at the rule book when we, before we did our campaign, and we're also like, we don't want to deal with that.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, in the most <laughs> modern edition of Vampire the Masquerade, uh, 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 it's the vampire's fault that that whole thing happens because they're just mm. being mystically drawn to the area by something, and then oh, they just keep yeah. bumping into those dang sabbats and having to have big vampire
0: fights. Yep, uh, that's a bot. We dealt with them in our campaign, too. <laughs> we're assholes. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah no instead of uh, dealing with that stuff in general we instead accidentally predicted rampant police brutality and a pandemic in our game what is the reason why we were like let's play dnd fifth edition after this because we need a breather <laughs> we need to not have a game that is too heavy
1: <laughs> oh boy you know i just remembered something about the cyberpunk i think it was the 2020 edition that is kind of the perfect uh encapsulation of the game to me, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, the book, there's a gang, a hostile faction called the Voodoo Boys. And uh, what it is in the tabletop game is a bunch of white guys who have stolen the, the look and principles of Voodoo to try and make themselves scary. They're cultural appropriators, and that's cool. their whole thing.
0: Great! Awesome!
1: Right, yeah, they're like... Th- that's kind of the, the idea, right? Is that's what people do, right? That's what corporations do. And so on some level, the gangs are doing that too. In the video game, uh, that is not the case. Uh, The voodoo boys are just Haitians, who are uh, all black people. And I don't know if that's better or worse, but I do know that it takes away the commentary that was being made.
0: Mm, Yeah, it's hard to say whether that would be better or worse, because it's (laughs) like... At least it's not dealing with cultural appropriation, but it's also just making a big enemy faction that they're all a bunch of people of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
1: So, you know. It's that, that that's kind of what I'm getting at when I say that the game isn't quite as incisive as the book. It doesn't have. Yeah. It's not commenting on anything, it's just wearing the aesthetic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I imagine also, like, probably part of that is the fact that that game also had, like, a, like, five or six or seven year development. I forget when they announced Cyberpunk 2077 as a whole. It was, like, really early on when they only had that, like, little bit of, like, the lady with, like, the arm blades in the road and whatever. (laughs) like, I mean, I'm sure, like, part of it was, like you know hey if you want to hear a lot more about like what actually happened with that game you can go watch matt mcmuscle's video about what happened with that game because doesn't feel, sound like it was very good and also like they announced it way too early when they were still working on witcher 3 stuff and we're not actually putting effort towards making that cyberpunk game and then we're like oh fuck we have to I have to get this thing done
1: it would appear that cyberpunk 2077 was first announced in 2012.
0: Fuck, that game released in, like, December 2020, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> okay, even longer than I thought. <laughs> Jesus. All right, uh, God. This is why I'm, like, kind of just into the fact that, like, Nintendo kind of just shuts their mouth most of the time, and, like, in a Nintendo Direct they'll just be like, hey, by the way, uh, there's a new Fire Emblem game. It's out in, like, four months, fuckers. <laughs> so, like, I much <laughs> prefer that, because it's, like, it's weird to think about that, but also, like, the rumor with engaged for the longest point, was like, oh yeah, apparently they've actually had this game done for, like, a year and have just been sitting on it waiting for the time to actually release it. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Nint- Nintendo really doesn't, like, release multiple games in, like, a short amount of time. Like, they mostly only have, like, one game a month, roughly, in terms of, like, their bigger stuff. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, they they were I guess they were like, well, we already had, like, that Mario Strikers game that we played back in June, we had it in July... I don't think they really had much in August. Uh, they had uh, Splatoon this month, they have Bayonetta 3 next month, they have Pokemon in November, and not much in December, but also I feel like December is where most video games kind of go to die for the most part, <laughs> except for like some exceptions, like I guess Cyberpunk and Smash Brothers, and then it's like, eh, hey, we'll put Fire Firemon in January, I guess, eh, let's just do that.
1: <laughs> to be fair, Cyberpunk did kind of die when it first came
0: out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I mean, it was not good when it released. I mean, I, they they have definitely worked on it since, but it's also been over two years since then. So it's like, I'd imagine they were like, we can't just leave it like this. Do remember when that guy blamed the QA team and it was like, no, it's, uh, it's your management. It's your management fucking them over and forcing this game to launch at a certain point when it's like, you it didn't have to. You waited One so time... long, you could have taken longer.
1: <laughs> One time I was driving my car. And then I got out of my car and instantly shot 600 feet in the air and killed me instantly.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I've I've seen so many uh, glitch compilations of that game. Yeah, like that just just through the internet, <laughs> just like especially well, stuff in no, the car. No, it's not
1: fair. It didn't kill me instantly. It shot me 600 feet up in the air and then I fell back down and
0: that killed me. No, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> flying ain't a thing in that game. <laughs> no, I'd imagine it's not. <laughs>
1: It should be. If people are installing robot parts and junk, yeah, I don't like see why I can't that, have
0: Yeah, or you would think that people would install, like, mechanical bird wings or, like, just, like, glider stuff that emerges from their arms to the sky like a bat. <laughs> like, that would definitely be something that would happen, right?
1: I agree, but that would also take way more development, because then they'd have to build the tops of buildings.
0: Yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> Given how uh, janky the car was, I'd imagine that trying to actually incorporate any amount of the flight would also be even worse. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, good anime. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've been meaning to like get into some other stuff. Like, I, I for a while here, I've been like, I should actually watch Spy Family because g- g- at least I remembered enough to know not to call it Spy X Family, <laughs> even though it's like it's, but it's. It's written like that, but it's like, no, apparently you call it Spy Family, just like Hunter Hunter, not Hunter x Hunter, and it's like, okay, sure, <laughs> I don't know why you style it that way if you don't pronounce it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, uh, I haven't watched it, but I very much enjoyed the comic, so I probably should get around to that. My understanding yeah, I... is that they're about to get... Uh, uh, the next season, so might be yeah, a good I think, time I, to onboard.
0: I, yeah, I think a trailer for season 2 just released like a week or two ago.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Um, anime. Anime. That's not usually what we talk about, but it could be in the nah. future. Who knows? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, we, we have... Fielded one anime idea, but I don't know how like I know it's like implied queer at times, but I don't know if it's like actually can like queer queer at any point, like canonical queer.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
0: I mean there is a certain uh different series about witches that we could, but yeah, we're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, only ever watched the first know. episode of that so I never actually continued.
1: <laughs> I don't think I watched the whole thing. Because I thought at the time that I had watched the whole thing, but the ending was just so frustrating and inconclusive that I might not have. To. <laughs> mm. so. There's yeah, no way I, to I know don't... for sure.
0: Yeah, I know, I know people ship the main character for another girl, but I know also that apparently they don't actually confirm anything in the, the show. It's like, uh. Let them be gay, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I
1: mean, that's another one that's like. I don't remember when that was. 2013, I think, something like that. Yeah, something so... there. Yeah, 2013. So you weren't allowed to be on to be gay on TV back then.
0: Nah, uh, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't too much longer because uh, I think it was like the year after, in like 2014, is when Korosami got to be a thing. Even though it was just a handhold and had to be confirmed in comics. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah that's... yeah december 2014 so i guess it's the sort of being gay on tv but it's you know
0: or at least wasn't an animation yet. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i guess that tracks yeah because i think i remember watching that last episode when i was in japan because yeah i was in japan at that point so I think, uh, I think uh, Korra season 3 finished right before I went to Japan because like it was like that was like Nickelodeon getting pissed about like the few episodes in season 3 that leaked online in like Spanish or something so they like <laughs> took it from the air and just made it be exclusively like online and then just basically shoved all of season 4 out the door immediately because they were like we don't want to deal with this anymore also I guess because it's gay we don't want to deal with gay Cause Nickelodeon are fucking cowards <laughs> So, well, yeah, like, so you... I'm
1: looking at a graph of their viewership numbers and who boy did they tank by season three.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, especially because, like, the first two seasons were pretty rough in terms of Korra, just in general. Because, <laughs> I mean, well, like, ter- turns out when you have to try to make a show uh, that was originally supposed to be a, like, one-and-done, like, few-episodes thing as, like, a little side story, and then it's like, oh, you, we actually got mandated to make this an actual series. It's like, oh, you, you gotta actually work at stuff. And, uh... Their, their second season uh, was not the best idea. <laughs> uh, all the all that unlock stuff is bad. <gasps> that's not exactly what I meant. Um, let me paste fine. the graph in here and imagine Let's... it's probably way off from where uh, Avatar was, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't know about Avatar, but the best episode of Season 3 had less than half the viewers of the worst episode of Season 1 of Korra, so. and,
0: and meanwhile, Season 3 is when Korra gets good! <laughs> so, like, Season 1 has, like, at least some idea with, like, the social commentary of like, yes, it is actually an unfair world to people who can't bend, but they never really, like go for it all that much especially because the villain spoilers for that is actually a bender in disguise so it's like (laughs) great Uh, you could have had like a neat idea here of like yeah this is not equal equal. and then it gets kind of dropped that whole idea overall just being like "Eh, I guess people got over it and it's like no they probably wouldn't Actually, like yeah, they might not at least like be infatuated with the equalist movement, but like they might do something on their own to be like, actually, hey, can we talk about this really yeah, and yeah. not make things be unfair thus? <laughs> but nah, apparently not. <laughs> and then they went stupid. I mean, I, I like I, I like the spirit world stuff in season two, but everything else around season two is just not good. <laughs> I like I like Varric at least. Varric is cool. Varric's a great addition to the series. <laughs> Well, more more of Varric's uh, relationship with D. D. more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Um, well, I don't think I have anything else to talk about in uh, the world of cartoons that we didn't watch. But <laughs> 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 would you like to get started on our Shira episodes for today?
0: We probably should. Yeah. We didn't go nearly as long with the preamble, but we probably should because it's been 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, hey,
1: 40 minutes is still more than we used to do. Remember when we started doing our uh, episode talk at 20?
0: <sighs> yeah, it was definitely shorter. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
1: so... <clears throat> my episode today is Season 4, Episode 3, Flutterina. We open with Katra uh, having a nightmare. Uh, she's having flashbacks about betraying Entrapta to open the portal, but... Everyone is around her and judging her. You know how it is. And she wakes up panicked, but uh, Emily is right there to check on her because Emily is a good friend who heard her crying out in her sleep.
0: Uh, Catherine is not... hmm? I just have to bring up real quick. I thought that Scorpio was hiding Emily from, like, everyone. So I guess I'm like, why would Emily like me to come out of hiding the go hang like comfort catter when she knows that catra was the one that threw her creator on death island
1: <laughs> well uh good question <laughs> uh, we know catra knows that emily's around because she spotted her at the end of the other episode so maybe emily figures that since she's been seen it's okay <laughs>
0: Wait, I don't remember Katra actually seeing Emily the last episode. I thought you just looked at other like stuff in Entrapta's room and told Scorpion to get rid of it, and then Emily came out of hiding.
1: I could have sworn that. Well, I don't know. Either way, <laughs> uh, for reasons we are unclear, if Emily reveals herself to Katra, despite
0: <laughs> despite Katra being Katra at this point in the series. Like yes. at her peak Catra for better and worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is She hasn't hit the breaking point yet, but she's coming darn close. Um Yeah, so Catra claws Emily in the face, which is mean and you should be nice to Emily. Stop it. <laughs> But then we get the the opening credits, after which uh, Hordak is in his trash lab, just kind of musing about Entrapta, and he still doesn't really think she betrayed him, but he's kind of starting to doubt that, because uh, Catra shows up to demand action. Again, this is the only thing she does these days. Uh, since she's got him in her pocket now, she knows that he has to, like, conquer the world before Prime shows up or else, so <laughs> she's calling shots here. But when he gets mad that she's being all superior, it is revealed that this is actually uh, Double Trouble. Uh, they then, pronouns included, this is right off the bat this time. So that answers Yay. that discussion from last episode.
0: Yeah, because I don't think they really used any pronouns to refer to Double Trouble last episode at all.
1: They did not. Uh, no one referred to Double Trouble as anything but their name.
0: Yeah. To be fair, I mean they spoke to literally two characters last episode, and <laughs> I guess technically to Dora as well, even though Dora didn't realize it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I guess feel so. I'm gonna feel bad for at the end of this episode and then the next one when technically I need to use different pronouns for them. <laughs> <laughs> and the technicality of using a disguise. <laughs> We'll we'll get there, I guess. (laughs) Maybe I can just be for that character with them all the time, too.
1: (laughs) I mean, maybe, yeah. Um, So Hordak is actually kind of impressed by the fact that there's a shapeshifter. I don't think he knew that this was a thing. But uh, he sort of threatens them anyway, insisting that Catra should never try to lie to him again, which, uh, that's not going to happen, my man. Uh, like... This is Catra we're talking about. Eat, hot, chip, and lie is all she knows how to do. <laughs> uh, but yes, anyway, uh, he's he's working on some bots from the town of Elberon, which is uh, an intellectual property which is distinct from Eberon. Uh, the rebels managed to recapture this city. but kind of sounds like without Princess Help here, but we'll find out later that that's not true. Because uh, rebel tech is apparently way better than it used to be. Uh, they are learning super fast, and since the Horde doesn't have Entrapta anymore to keep them ahead of the curve, uh, you know, it's causing problems. The big reveal that we get here, though, is that Hordak thinks Entrapta is with the Alliance. He doesn't know that she's on Beast Island, so he just thinks that she betrayed him and went back there. So, like, huh. <laughs> yeah. Either way, uh, he plans to take Elberon back, but Catra just kind of mocks this, because uh, her vision of war is distinctly different. She sees territory as a resource, not an objective, and so there's no point in trying to take this city out in the middle of nowhere back. And we cut to Bo and Adora reporting to Glimmer about one of their adventures. Uh, They talk a lot about the bots they destroyed, and most notably they mention that Bo has now invented an EMP, which is great, (laughs) But uh, she yeah, weird, he
0: doesn't use the EMP in the next episode. When with a lot of <laughs> uh, <laughs> I might yeah. have watched this episode like four days before I watched the other one. I totally forgot that he said he had developed the EMP.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he sure does. Um, and Glimmer is excited about this, but she's also pretty honest about being frustrated that she's stuck in the castle. Uh, They say that they'll be back soon, but they have a whole celebration dinner thing to go to because of the saving the city thing. And they're just going to dip it in and, you know, quick visit and then get out of there. But they weren't even going to say anything until Swiftwind blew out the game. So he's just... He's not terrible in this episode, but once again, he is causing problems on purpose. (laughs) Yep. And then we get a big old party montage. Uh, Food, people dancing, etc. The best friend squad... Sort of reacts with the shock of how lavish this party is, but it kind of seems like a pretty generic fancy party, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Uh, there's also a very tall, buff fairy lady that Adora cannot stop checking out. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of amazing, but between this and Huntara, it's very <laughs> clear that she has a type. I'm going to upload some screenshots in the chat. I'm so sorry to the listeners, but I have to. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. I, I, Adora definitely has gay eyes for both, like both of these moth people that hang, that talk to her. It <laughs> 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 doesn't mean hey They are, uh, and yeah, I mean she is buff. And like as you can see in the like second one, Adora definitely looking right at the muscles. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> definitely not a big deal at all, Adora. Not at all. Nope. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Uh, It's... hmm. I'm not gonna say nothing, but I am gonna say uh, Adora's... well, no. There's no point. We've already talked about it on this show. Uh, Adora and Catra kiss at the end. We've discussed that. Uh, It's weird. Catra's not tall or muscly, but there you go.
0: Whatever, I guess.
1: (laughs) I guess you can overlook everything that you're physically attracted to and also that your girlfriend has tried to murder you multiple times as long yeah, as you get multiple
0: to multiple times over the course of months. <laughs> yes. <sighs> I, but the kisses I though. am. <laughs> I am still so curious how we get oh. from here to there. <laughs> Given everything that's been going on in this <laughs> show so far, it's like, how? how? <laughs> Actually... <laughs> Uh, magic.
1: Um, not really, no. Uh, <clears throat> okay, yes. Uh, so the buff fairy lady insists that Bo has to show off his arrows to the kids, because, you know, he is the, quote, tech master of the rebellion, and the kids would probably just love to see some science. They seem to idolize him one of the kids has a toy bow and arrow, etc. Uh, he feels pretty happy about this. Uh, you get the feeling that he's overlooked kind of a
0: lot. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is, even by the show.
1: (laughs) Yeah, true.
0: Like, there's been, like, a couple of points where Bo has, like, really gone to shine, but, like, the only, like, Bo-centric episode was the one where he had to deal with his dad not listening to him. (laughs) And it's, like, it's kind of it. Like, Bo's entire, like, story so far of, like, actually having an episode devoted to him was, like, the trans allegory with him.
1: Well, he had the one where he was um, the normal person who entrapped his castle who was not a princess.
0: Uh, that's true, I guess, yeah. I guess. I, I guess I just feel like it's, like... I don't know, it's weird, because it's, like, I think to, like, again, like, the only point of comparison we have in the podcast at the moment here is the Owl House, where it's, like, like so many of the characters get, like, their moment to shine. Like, Gus has gotten multiple episodes, and so has Willow. And, like, I feel like Bo hasn't gotten that much, besides just, like, him being, like, oh, I don't want my dad to find out that I'm a fighter and not an artificer. (laughs) Or at least that he... Is multi class and didn't focus on the artificer.
1: <laughs> no, it's worse. They didn't want him to be an artificer. They wanted him to be a scholar. Take them uh, NPC classes.
0: <laughs> or to take the, uh, what's called the, uh, the background scholar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, um, yes. So uh, another small fairy person shows up just heaping praise on Adora and giving her all the credit for winning the Battle of Bright Moon. And Adora does demur a little bit, but this. This very person just keeps praising her, and eventually introduces herself as Flutterina, and she's just thrilled to be meeting the real Shira. She wants to grow up and join the Rebellion someday, because She-Ra's a, a big hero. It's cool. Uh, I feel like... well, no, that's hard to say. I would suggest that if the Rebellion is going on long enough, for Flutterina to grow up and join the rebellion, uh, it's not a successful rebellion. <clears throat> but also, I guess it has been going on for like thirty years.
0: I, I mean, it's like you, yeah, you say that, I mean, well, it's like well, remember where we were at in Star Wars, where it's like the rebellion starts when like Luke and Leia are newborns, and technically it's still going on when they are like sixty or seventy or so and die. <laughs> well, I mean, not really. The they rebranded doesn't... it as the re- as the Resistance, but it's the same. Well, the Rebellion doesn't really foment into a
1: thing until about the time Luke and Leia are, I want to say about ten to twelve... I guess even as I, of like, Obi Wan Kenobi, they don't have a real rebellion. Yeah, there are some I, people I who resist, but not as an organized group. You know?
0: Yeah, like it's like Bail Organa is like doing some stuff behind the scenes, but not openly. I guess. <laughs> kind of the exactly, old. yeah. And he's yeah.
1: totally disconnected from like the Jedi well, underground. Real, well, okay. Or so
0: even even if we put it closer to like when New Hope starts up, that's still like thirty something years that they're dealing with uh, fighting the fascists. Because, like, there's, like, the whole thing when they're, like, 19-year-olds, and then they're still at it, like, when they're, like, in their, like, 60s. Years well, later. again,
1: that's... <laughs> the trouble there is that the movies are not uh, helpful for exploring the universe. You um, look <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the Empire Crumbles, I want to say, about five years after the, the, the battle over Endor. So at that Wait, point... Well, the yeah, because
0: rebels... they're fully gone in... Or at least there's, like, there's like some Imperial remnant guys hanging around by the time that, like, Mando takes place. Right, yes, exactly. But they're not, like, the Empire Empire. They're just like, oh, we're just, like, a co- various collections of dudes. With like <laughs> There's, like, some people trying to gather us back up, and I guess over time they succeed to make the First Order, but yeah. Right. Or the First yeah. Order are just neo-Nazis that are separate. <laughs>
1: uh The Imperial remnant becomes the First Order when they're called there by uh, a mysterious Dark Side user from beyond the edges of space, who turns out to be um, what's his name, Andy Serkis.
0: <laughs> uh.
1: I don't remember because he didn't Snoke. That's the guy. um But yeah, so when right, the Empire crumbles, I forgot. Uh...
0: I forgot that that was Andy Serkis. I was some reason I was about to say Gollum because he did the mocap for Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was he also the voice of Gollum in the movies? I hated the body. Okay, I, I was like forgetting if he also did the voice. Yeah, but, yeah.
1: So when the empire crumbles, uh, the rebellion officially disbands and becomes the new like government, uh, the the new republic. The resistance is a thing that Leia starts on her own because uh, the new government refuses to pay attention to the fact that there's Nazis here still.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Oh right, yeah, because that's because that's in uh, that's in the that aftermath book, right?
1: Yeah. So. That happens, I want to say, like 10, 15 years after the New Republic starts. It, yeah. This Leia quits her position and says, no, I want to go fight Nazis, not sit in an
0: office. Hey, good for her. Yeah, always good to way go to spend your retirement. Na- <laughs> hey, you should always want to go and punch Nazis in the face or shitting with laser guns compared to sitting in their office. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> but my point is, is that uh, they're not consistent rebellions you know what i mean they're yeah. a series of rebellions against more or less the same guys that's fair uh okay um i don't remember how we got on to this but this has been talking about star wars uh, it,
0: it's because uh, you brought up that Flutterina has wanted to join the rebellion all her life
1: that's right yes okay um so, since this party is so big and so devoted to them, uh, they do decide to stay for a little while, despite having told Glimmer they were only going to be there for a moment. And we got a montage of them around the party, with Flutterina just following Adora everywhere she goes, and Bo oh, hitting on girls for some reason, and uh, about a minute and a half of this. It's a long party montage. Mm-hmm. But after that, Adora says that she's just really excited that they have stories about her because this isn't Mara or the Shira legacy; it's about her, and that's a thing she's excited for because you know she doesn't have a whole lot to. There's so much for her to live up for, up to, and nothing for her to be herself. You know, mm-hmm. and then of course uh, more horde bots show up. <laughs> um, Adora insists that she and Swiftwin can handle it and that Bo and the town should keep partying because there's only one bot coming, except uh, this is a new robot. I don't know who designed this or how, but uh, it's a brand new thing. Uh, They kill it immediately, but because of uh, Entrapta's self-repair protocol, it's able to fix itself, except also it doubles. Every time you cut them, they double. It's like a Hydra. So uh, Adora and Swiftwind kill the next two without cutting them and head back. It's no problem at all. Uh, Like probably take you off guard if you weren't expecting it, but for these two, no big deal. But when they get back, uh, the party hall is trashed and everyone is gone. It's a nightmare. (laughs) Uh, Swiftwind does suggest that this might be a surprise party, because they aren't familiar enough with parties to know that that's not a thing you do beforehand, but there you go. (laughs) Uh, Flutterina is still here, though. Uh, They spot some movement in the back, and she's hiding behind a table because it turns out that the, uh, the bot that was sent was just a distraction. The horde attacks the instant Adora left, and Bo wasn't able to handle them by himself. So, of course, Adora starts blaming herself again, because that's what she does every time something goes wrong. And she says she has to make this right, so Flutterina asks to come with her, because she might not be a fighter, but she has to help her people. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Bo wakes up in a, it's a pit in the ground with a force field over it. And all the Elberonians are there. They don't have any weapons, and they're all upset because the Horde, you know, listening to Shira got them captured by the Horde. Uh, Bo does his inspiring speech thing. Uh, he might have the inspiring leader feat, but that's kind of a waste on his character. I don't think he has enough charisma yeah, you, for it.
0: Yeah, you need a lot of charisma for that. Like, <laughs> really, you gotta be like a bard for that, or like a warlock, but Bo is neither of those, obviously. Yes. <laughs> he's He's got the good dex and some decent intelligence, but he doesn't have the charisma, really.
1: I'd say more than decent intelligence, if he's developing EMPs out of nothing.
0: <laughs> eh, fair. <laughs>
1: But yeah so he's still the tech master and even though he doesn't have his weapons he can get them out of anything uh up top side Scorpia is just really excited to be in the field with Catra again because it's just like the old times and the two of them are out in the middle of nowhere doing pointless missions together and uh she she's excited to show off something they confiscated from the Uh when she pushes the button it's a it's a party cannon she she stole a party cannon from Pinkie pie thank you my little pony um
0: you know, it, it's of all the things that they could have taken, like the food or supplies or anything, like why do I take the why take the confetti cannon? <laughs> <laughs> also, also Scorpio, please know cat ears are sensitive. You shouldn't shoot the loud cannon near the cat. <laughs> yeah.
1: Catra just says that they need to focus because since Shira wasn't in Elberon she must be nearby somewhere and they have to get ready for her to get here and honestly, like wasn't this your plan? Why did you send a distraction if you didn't have a plan for what would happen when she got <laughs> distracted? <laughs> the plan we see in action is pretty good, but the plan she talks about is not, and I can't tell if this is just script issues or if she's deliberately being obtuse for Scorpio's sake <laughs>
0: Uh, I, well, I mean, like, as we kind of see at the end of the episode, it definitely does come more across, like, she's just intentionally really didn't have a plan because she intentionally wants them to kind of fail to get her actual plan to work.
1: Right, but she has to plan that this plan has to fit. Fa- it's fine. It doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> it makes sense in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> Catra works in mysterious ways. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, so Scorpia does ask for some more information on this plan, because she doesn't know anything, and frankly, I would ask for more info too, but Catra just tells her she doesn't need to know. And Scorpia admits she's been feeling pretty left out ever since the whole portal thing, because Catra just doesn't let her in anymore. It's, it's sad, because just a few episodes ago, they were conquering the desert together. hmm Ah, well. Yeah, Dora and the team come up on the outside of the guard post, but they can't figure out how to get in until Flutterina decides to lure the guards away to get bonked, classic spy style. And uh, we get a transformation sequence. Uh, this is, I think it's the
0: whole transformation sequence. I, but it's, I think I think it's slightly abbreviated. I don't think it's the entire thing.
1: Okay, well, it, it, it's most of it, and it's intercut with shots of Flutterina squeeing herself to death. Yeah, she almost she gets, faints.
0: She gets to see the whole version, but not us. Yeah. <laughs> just to spite me and my uh, little note here of how many it's been. <laughs>
1: so they, uh, they bust through the wall into the guard posts. To th- they think this is where the pit is because they found a map, but instead of being the pit, uh, it's actually more of the duplicating robots in the field. And uh, Dora has clearly forgotten what they look like because she just immediately dices them. <laughs> Uh, Down in the pit, uh, Bo borrows the toy bow and arrow from the kid who had it before. Uh, I guess the Horde didn't think this was dangerous. And uh, he uses this in combination with his EMP to destroy the cell's force field. It's, like, not even a thing. He just gets them right out. Um, Catra arrives and starts deriding Adora for daring to believe she might be worth having a party over. But Adora's not into this anymore. She's sick of the negging. And she insists that she won't let Katra hurt anymore, not after that hurt anyone anymore, not after that portal thing. Of course, Katra just kind of smirks and points out that while Adora might be doing okay on her own, which is more than she ever expected, she still can't spot traps, at which point the floor electrifies. <laughs> uh, she claims to have learned this from Shadow Weaver, but I don't remember Shadow Weaver ever doing electric floors.
0: <laughs> no, I can't say she ever did.
1: Uh, so Bo gets all the Elberonians out of the pit, but just as he's about to lead them back to town, Flutterina appears, begging him for help, because She-Ra is trapped. She needs help. And, uh, Adora is pinned down by the electric cage, but Bo arrives, and he's able to use his toy bow to activate the party cannon, which freaks out Catra and distracts the bots. And then She-Ra and Swiftwind do the gay wave thing, but only in yellow. And I just, like... So a few episodes ago, I was mad that they could do it with only two princesses and they weren't doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. But if she can do it with just her and the horse, this should be their opening move.
0: <laughs> yeah, like all the time. <laughs> Why is it that you wait until like when you're getting fucked over <laughs> that you're finally being like, oh, maybe we should activate the gate powers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I just... The first time they did this, it was a super difficult thing to do, and they needed all the princesses there, and I understood why they didn't use it a lot. But now, they should be doing this every turn.
0: <laughs> Maybe it has like a like really weird cooldown where they can only use it once a week, and so they're like, we're trying to not just use it because we never know when we might actually really need it. and it's like well i guess we gotta save it for when we actually need it because you never know and unfortunately it doesn't replenishes after seven long wrath not just one (laughs) yeah
1: so the gay wave destroys all the robots and scorpia and catra run and uh you know kind of a standard ending there uh she-ra thanks the elberonians they don't say that word but it's a word i made up for them and i love it elberonians
0: (laughs) the moth people
1: yes (laughs) And uh, Bo gives Flutterina all the credit, because he wouldn't have known they were in trouble or thought of using the cannon without her. Lidore agrees. Um, Yeah, she's super on board with this. So the kid, uh, Flutterina, she asks to, you know, join the Rebellion. I mean, sure, she's young and inexperienced, but uh, she was involved in the fight today, and she knows she can help. So, uh, yeah, she she gets accepted to the Rebellion, and presumably she will get thrown into the soldier camp outside of Bright Moon forever, and we'll never see her again.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that's definitely not going to happen.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's what happens to non-humans in the Rebellion.
0: <laughs> but but Minotaur Lady is in next episode.
1: Yeah, you know where she is? In the soldier camp outside of Bright Moon.
0: <laughs> no, I think she's with them at the beginning part, too. Yeah, she is, that's true. Bo- yeah. <laughs> Then she goes and like was like, okay, I, I've I've uh, I tried to be a, a player character there for a moment. Sorry, <laughs> I'll go back to my role.
1: Um, yeah. So back in the for that fright song, Katra is Batmaning. She's got a gargoyle that she's just crouching on, and Scorpion approaches to try and cheer her up after the latest failure. Because you know, don't worry, it's fine, and we'll we'll tell Portax something. He'll forgive us. No problem. He always forgives us, and. Uh, She's just too positive, and Katra finally breaks she she can't take this anymore. She demands that Scorpia stop following her, stop hovering over her, stop talking to her. They're not friends, and that's final and uh it's 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 very sad because as much as they were starting to get close, I guess Katra just cannot handle that right now and uh she starts to leave Scorpia. To do her own batman gloomy glue me on the gargoyle now that she's been dumped. But uh, as Catra leaves, she offers an ultimatum. She doesn't ever want to see Emily again, or else. Bum bum bum. On the way back to Bright Moon, uh, Adora's upset because she still feels guilty for this whole thing, because she made the mistake of thinking she might be a hero, and it got everybody caught. But Bo reassures her, uh, you know, telling her it's fine, everyone's safe, and they got a new recruit for the Rebellion. Everything's good. (laughs) But uh, in Hordak's lab, uh, he asks Katra if her plan worked, and she says yes, right before cutting back to Adora and Bo, arriving at Brightmoon. And they sort of show it off to Flutterina as she gets there for the first time, and just for a single blink, her eyes turn all yellow and snaky, and she blinks horizontally before returning to normal and heading inside. the
0: end yep so this is something that probably applies more to next episode because I know that Double Trouble actually will clarify a little bit in that episode but like is there a real flood arena because up until this up until what Double Trouble says next episode I thought that they could only become people that actually exist and not just create a persona for themselves basically to turn (laughs) into because like we've only ever seen them actually turn into somebody else, but like I mean, next episode they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, no, I I went for the pinkest person possible." <laughs> so, <laughs> which brings up more questions of if they created Flutterina from whole cloth, and Flutterina doesn't exist, how come nobody in Elberon was like, "Who the fuck is this? <laughs> like, we do, who's this? Who's this weird sassy lost child? <laughs> What's he doing here?" <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So, to the best of my knowledge, there is not a real Flutterina. Uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, Double Trouble will later take credit for inventing her whole cloth. Um, mm. That said, uh, Flutterina does appear during Princess Prom, so either Double Trouble had already come up with this disguise and was just using it for fun, or there is a real Flutterina and they just copied her. <laughs> I'm not sure which. <laughs> hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a little uh, it's a little confusing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's mm. let's see, blah blah blah. Uh Jacob Tobia says that their head canon is that double trouble sent the real Flutterina on a scavenger hunt with a super sparkly prize at the end, and that's why she was distracted. Uh blah 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 blah
0: well, blah. I, I, I kinda saw that too, but I think that's later on in the show. I don't think that's actually like I don't, I don't know. Maybe I I'm not sure. <laughs> i thought that that was maybe like an excuse that double trouble uses in character for like oh blood arena's off somewhere else uh don't don't worry about her because <laughs> <laughs> i mean eventually i feel like they're gonna find out and like i feel or like if if they don't find out entirely that 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 they were her that i feel like it's like oh well you know i'm here instead but uh don't worry about her she's she's off doing stuff uh,
1: well reading the same thing um they also suggest that there is not actually a prize and that Flutterino is still just out there searching for it. So I think the idea here is that the real Flutterino is got sent on this scavenger hunt and just cannot find the thing because it doesn't exist. And So, so he's definitely dead. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> So, okay, well, uh, I
1: mean that's the actress it, head cannon, So do what you will yeah, with it. Yeah, because
0: but... again, like the, head, the much like uh, as we mentioned last week, so, some like out of show like cannons or not canon stuff. It's like in in show. DT says that they made know as their <laughs> disguise, which again still brings up how do they get into Oberon without anybody noticing, <laughs> <laughs> and being like, we've never seen this kid before. Who is this? <laughs> Also, hey, just feeling this out, maybe if the Rebellion had, like, more adults and let them do things, maybe they would actually do better rather than just having a bunch of teenagers and actual children at this point. Because, <laughs> like, uh, they, I mean, yes, I get that Frost is a princess and all, but, like, Featherina is just a, a, a child. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Okay, yes, true, but, uh, we're gonna cover your episode next, so don't get too hung up on adults yet. <laughs>
0: I guess. <laughs> Wait, um, so I guess we should just get to that, right? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> Alright. Okay, uh, the following episode, episode 4 Pulse, opens with a little horde vehicle being attacked by Bo, Adora, the buff Minotaur lady that I mentioned before who gets to do stuff, just a variety of different other randos, and Spinderella and Tosa were finally remembered that they're in this show because they get to actually participate in this too. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah they go after it for the cargo that it's being carried because apparently it was reported that it's some sort of, sort of uh, prototype weapon but when they open it it's just empty and they just get immediately surrounded by whatever classification of robot emily is i don't know if they actually have a name <laughs> they're just the emily bots that are not emily uh and also like the intro happens and we see uh flutterina in there now even though it's actually this double (laughs) trouble i imagine (laughs) that at some point when the disguise gets dropped double trouble will actually be in the intro proper but they are technically in there (laughs) (laughs) wasted no time putting them in after they merely uh kicked out angela i guess (laughs) (laughs) well they had the room from Barra's hologram but still (laughs) Uh, but yeah, later at their base camp Glimmer comes to see everybody just beating the hell up but still alive and is angry that she just has to sit here on her ass while the Horde keeps pulling fast ones on them Hard to and, blame it, honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean yeah, can't really blame her about that And then uh, Swiftwind uh, interrupts again in his usual manner but actually to do something useful rather than he usually does because he reports that he tracked where the cargo vehicle has come from for them to go check out the weapon is hidden wherever it came from uh, Glimmer just basically leaves the tent in her frustration and bumps into Flutterina on her way out. And she wants in on the mission, but Glimmer basically just refuses her for kinda no reason. I guess it's like because she's like new and untested, but I also kinda read it more just like if Glimmer doesn't get to go, the newbie doesn't get to go either. <laughs> <laughs> in a sense, just being a little spiteful. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that night, uh, Flutterina sneaks off to meet Catron and reports what has happened. Just, like, also, like, making, like, turning into, like, various, like, similes of the character, of Glimmer in particular, just being like, ah, oh, I'm just so fucking annoyed, ah, <laughs> but, uh, Catra is, like, at least, you know, truly impressed with the fact that, like, Double Trouble is building in and everything, but it's still annoyed that they all got away. Uh, but Trouble responds that espionage takes time and gloats about yeah, Glimmer's annoyance and everything I guess I <laughs> got ahead of myself, it was Rocky here instead whatever uh, and DT also says that Adora is pulling a team together to try to find the weapon, which Captur says that they won't find she will immediately be improving wrong in about ten minutes, <laughs> of course <laughs> uh, but the next day Glimmer goes and watches Adora both with Natasha, and Spinarello leave but sneaks off to the courtyard to practice fighting with her staff and tell her on the castle that's having fun only to find out that Shadow Weaver is apparently just out there in a garden that she takes care of and has kind of just been watching Glimmer just have fun and train. (laughs) And she congratulates her on her magical talents and says that she can be stronger than both her mom and her dad, because I guess because she has like angel blood and also sorceress latent powers, she can be better than both of them. I guess just based on the nature of she's still alive while they're both dead, I guess already still makes her better, I guess. <laughs> uh, by, <laughs> by default. Proxy. Yeah, by default. It's like, well, you're the only one left alive, so <laughs> I guess technically you're better than both. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, she does some really heavy-handed foreshadowing by saying that Glimmer sitting on her power is a waste, and that she's basically just trying to emulate her mom's policy of also sitting on her ass and watching things rather than actually taking action. But at least here, Glimmer doesn't want to listen to her and leaves. Although we, of course, know she's going to do something stupid because we've been watching this show for months now and know that Glimmer is a rash teenager. <laughs> Can't sit still. We will also be proven right in about five minutes from now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dora's group goes and finds more Emily bots out in the woods, in the, which Natasa deals with, because we need to establish that Natasha and Spinnerola connect you to stuff since they haven't been around doing much since the finale of season one. (laughs)
1: This is true.
0: But then a different robot that looks like a, like weird driller robot shows up and basically just drills into the ground a little bit before letting out a big energy explosion that basically just nukes the forest around them and almost fully kills Bow because he had wandered over to check out what it was doing when it was just sitting there. Yeah. So, uh, rip rip, Bo for like the what uh, 16th time in this show if we include all the tabletop versions of Bo that died. Yeah I mean all the
1: tabletop a lot of those were metaphorical but yes there were a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think there this is the own... first
1: time Bo Prime has died, but I don't recall for sure.
0: <laughs> All the ones that just clones of Bo. He, he got the Hordax technology, and he just made other versions of himself with the hey, no, game. Hey, no, that's Kyle's thing. Not everybody can clones. <laughs> <hopes>. Ah, <laughs> oh, true uh but yeah uh they rush him back to bright moon where dura heals him why she didn't do that on the field i don't know but whatever he's he's still alive but he basically just can't move at all even with help because he's just like i'm just gonna lay here a bit i've i'm at least alive but i need a couple days (laughs) and uh glimmer's head guard lady who i found this out in the trivia i'll bring it up now because it's just interesting uh apparently nd revealed that this recurring general is named juliet in a june 2020 tweet but i could not find any voice credit for juliet Hmm. so yeah this person has been in like in the background in a bunch of episodes and it's like i finally saw in the trivia for this episode that apparently she has a name (laughs) (laughs) so yeah uh yeah but yeah, uh, Juliet feels the idea that the Horde could somehow be capable of tracking she and as I said like two minutes ago, Glimmer blames herself for sending her friends out to fight while she stays at home, which of course clues in all of us that she's going to do something stupid and rash, of course. <laughs> and so Adora decides to go and kill the bot, basically just heading out again while... Uh, Julie, General Juliet uh, shows off that she has uh, double troubles eyes, so it's also them impersonating her, because <laughs> they're just apparently going around copying everybody at this point, just being the biggest chaos gremlin they could possibly be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Catra received a call from Devil Trouble, pretending to be Bo and Glimmer to report their success, just, like, acting up of, like, oh, I'm Bo, I'm almost dead, Lur, kind of stuff, just pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> just to make fun of them
1: no like all right i will accept that this is a kids show and things are going to happen the way they have to but also mm-hmm. double trouble is sitting in a tent and just wailing at the top of their lungs using both yes. <laughs> with
0: no the, flap to the tent not sealed it's partially open a little <laughs> uh-huh yeah <laughs>
1: Like, yeah. not only could anybody walk by and see what's happening, <laughs> it's yeah, a Like, tent.
0: It, 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 I feel like if this show had, like, another, like, 30 seconds of runtime, there would definitely be a bit where, like, a random person walks past, sees, like, Bow or Glimmer in there acting up, and then come around to be like, uh, like... The green glimmer, what's going on, and then be like, Oh, you know, I'm just hanging out here. Just, you know, I had to walk, take a walk or something. It'll mind me. And send them <laughs> off and be like, Oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't be out here in a tent. Yeah, <laughs> so, but... yeah,
1: <laughs> especially because, like, what they're about to say, if anyone overhears that, it's game over. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, especially because like most of it, it's just double trouble as themselves sitting on the floor, when it's like <laughs> you can kind of already know that there's not a lizard person in the rebellion.
1: <laughs> That's true. Oh man, who put this lizard person here? We don't let those in the rebellion.
0: <laughs> yeah, we only let a few uh, n- like non-human human people. <laughs> but, yeah. But yes, uh, to get back to it, uh, Catra is just still bummed out to hear that the pulse bout didn't kill Bo, or anybody really, and Catra's plan is that they'll be gone before Adora even shows up, but then starts to consider changing her plan to mess with her, because of course Catra can't help but try and get a one-up on Adora when she has a 0 for like 30 track record at this point (laughs) of always losing (laughs) I guess she technically has one because they at least made contact with Ford Prime, but still, she didn't get her way of having all the space, time, and reality break apart.
1: Well, so. I would say she's got two, because she, she got in contact with horde Prime, and she got uh, Double Trouble into
0: the camp, so... Two. two. She has two wins. <laughs> Neither of which that the rest of the group really knows about, because, like, the Rebellion doesn't really know fully that they made contact with Ford Prime, nor that Double Trouble exists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes well, uh, hey, glimmer you know,
1: they both happened when she started going sicko mode so
0: <laughs> clearly it's, <real>. it's working <laughs> yeah apparently but yes uh glimmer demands to know how to think like catherine does from shadow weaver but she says that glimmer simply needs to use her power rather than do anything to really try to outsmart her i would argue no <laughs> she kind of do need to still at least be smart <laughs> Like yeah, you could be strong, but yeah, like you can still be outsmarted, even no matter how strong you might be. You still have to at least think about what you're doing and how your opponent might react. But Shadow Weaver brings up Using a scrying spell To try to find where Catra is While Glimmer is v- Very briefly annoyed To see that she's apparently Been growing magic plants In the garden this whole time Before she just Immediately flips on that And is just like Just all in on this shit <laughs> She's just like Stoked about it Where it's like well, oh, what's he doing And it's just daisies <laughs> it's, it's at least kind of funny That Shadow Weaver's just like They're daisies I find them pleasant <laughs> Like She's just like No that's not actually Anything magical I just make those Because I like them <laughs> But, yes. Uh, it is weird that she knows how to yeah. garden, though, right? Because, like, Fright Zone. Yeah, she, I guess, well, it's probably because, like, she at least just needs, like, the spell components just in general. So she probably at least, like, I don't know, maybe she had, like, a little garden that could somehow grow in the Fright Zone despite <laughs> the Fright Zone being a wasteland or whatever. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm pretty sure this, the sun may- does not
1: come out in the Fright Zone ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe she had, like, a hydroponics lab or something that she could grow them in without needing sunlight <laughs> or soil that was actually, like... Had nutrients I don't know But yes uh, They go ahead and Just do the spell That shows them where Catra's actual little base is And Glimmer is then Conflicted since If the horde knows Where Adora is They could clear out The moment the door Actually starts heading In their direction Because she's barely Going in the opposite direction And then of course Because Shadow Weaver Is an asshole And a piece of shit And why does Anybody ever listen to her She immediately suggests That Glimmer could use The as bait To distract the horde While she goes and Attacks the base herself it's the perfect plan. <laughs> Which of course also, as I alluded to earlier, Glimmer is a rash <laughs> kid at times and sometimes does not make the right choices herself. So of course we're like, uh oh, Glimmer, how why would you yourself were not thrilled about Shadow Weaver being here at all and <laughs> now you're letting her walk around, and now you're learning from her again? Why are you doing this when you know she's a piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> She might not have all her, like, magical powers anymore, but she still has enough and still knows how to manipulate people. Why? <laughs> uh, but anyway, Adora, spinnerella and Natasha, because apparently they went out to look for the bot. They didn't even bother bringing Swift one at them this time. Rude. <laughs> he's, just, he's just, yeah, he's just been left at home, I guess. But, but also, they're out I looking... get it, though yeah because like i mean swift Swift Wind kind of also has a track record of not being all that useful either (laughs) like yeah especially if
1: the 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 gateway thing is on a cooldown and they can't do it there's no reason to
0: (laughs) yeah it's like oh sorry you need like two more days before i can do that again sorry bud you're on the bench with this one Swift, Swiftwind's player is uh, visiting friends or something, so it's like, oh, sorry, we could not get them at the table, but everybody else was here, and we had such a weird big party, we didn't want to delay another week. <laughs> Don't worry, Swiftwind, we'll, we'll we'll control you for a little bit, but we'll put you on the bench afterwards. <laughs> yeah, they're off looking for the bot, when basically it's been around, and it's just get into like, I didn't bring this earlier, but they've been kind of just having little spats over their competitiveness, of, like keeping track of who's killed more bots. And I gotta say, just because these two have barely been in the show at all, and this is, like, the time that they really actually get characterization outside of when they, you know, helped in the big fight (laughs) back in season one, they kind of just sound more like they dislike each other or are rivals more than the fact that they're, like, wives or girlfriends? I forget which one it is. They're married, they're wives. Yeah, so it's, like, them, them having this little, like, I get that. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, you know. No, Mary couple might be a little competitive with this, but they really don't come across as being like, kind of like, poking a little fun at each other, but still being, you know, friendly about it. It just kind of comes off a bit rude, I'll be honest.
1: Yeah. I think this was an attempt to give them a little more character, because they didn't super I mean, yeah, have that they, back when they showed they, up. Yeah, they,
0: they don't have it. Yeah, they really didn't have much.
1: And I'm going to be honest, I don't think it went very well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not great. Like, because, like, I mean, like, their characterization up till now was, like, okay, we knew that, like, Spinerella had, like, wind powers and Natasha threw through nets. Because she says all the time that she's on screen, she always has to remind people, of, like, this is what I do. This is my only thing, y'all. And her terrible
1: <laughs> <it's>, catchphrase, yes. <laughs> yeah, of
0: boom nets. <laughs> but she also said earlier in this episode, I also get that. But, like, <laughs> it's, like, they haven't had a lot to do. Which I get they couldn't really, like, do much to characterize them back in the big fight episode but like they had like an entire season they've Uh, had four so far Yeah, they've had four so far but like up to that point like they had at least like the only time that they were introduced by name was that they waved at the characters and like Bo himself had to be like what do they do around here Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah I kind of agree what do they do around here besides the time that they actually get characterization is them just kind of feeling like they don't really fit in with each other yeah <laughs> like up, up till this point know. their
1: entire <laughs> characterization has been they like to sit silently in a big room
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and maybe occasionally fight some horde guys <laughs> so um, i don't know we will get more Spinnerella
1: and natasa as the series goes on and if i recall correctly their relationship becomes considerably more healthy over time but this is like a first shot across the bows of trying to make them into people, and it does not go very well at all. Okay,
0: okay, yeah, I guess this is kind of similar to like, you know, we look back and like how shitty Ed and M were the first time they weren't exactly to Owl yes, House. and then they went completely opposite direction when they were brought back like four or five episodes later, being like. Yeah, let's just go away from that. Let's not make them be the shitty older siblings. They'll still poke fun at Abney at times just because they're older siblings, but that's what older siblings do. But they'll be way nicer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On some yeah, level, I, can... I kind of wonder... Well, if, if it was... Spinarella is voiced by ND. Is that right? I, I don't remember which one that is. I, I
0: remember one of them was, yeah. Uh, let me bring up my notes because I'm pretty sure I had their credits in the season one finale because that was when they first actually said anything. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Spinarella is ND.
1: Okay, yeah. So, kind of what I'm wondering here, ND isn't a voice actor. As far as I know, they don't have any experience being a character before this series. So,
0: I yeah, kind they, of mostly... wonder if
1: at least part of the lack of characterization up to this point is just because of not wanting to be in the show you know what i mean
0: <laughs> yeah like maybe it was more like oh Andy gets to have a voice credit just because they're the person that is the show creator but like let's not make them be like a central character kind of deal exactly yeah and, and also like obviously like you said like nd is not a professional voice actor so it's like i guess their line delivery at times can be a little strange where it's like okay that's why it kind of comes across like they're kind of just like being like kind of jerks each other in a sense more than <laughs> being wives, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that like some married couples are just not the best at times, but still.
1: Um, yeah, that's fair. It's, it is certainly true that we need more representation for lesbians who are bad at being married, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think yeah. that's what this is. I think this is just they're not people yet, that's all.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, oh, this is the first time they really get characterization, and uh, we kind of, like, just missed the target, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I get the idea, like, wives who are friendly rivals is a cute idea, it just doesn't come off super well when you don't establish that they like each other first.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, did they even, like, specify up before this time that they're actually a couple? Because, like, I mean, they have, like, the little kiss at the end, but, like, I don't remember if we actually like saw them like really do much like that. Like they might have helped the hands in the battle back in season one, but I don't remember um, anything like over. From what I remember, they they were the first like
1: confirmed queer couple in the show, so they must have done something.
0: Well, I mean, have there really been any other queer couples in the show up till then? Even at this point, uh, both like, dads. See- oh right, yeah, yeah, true. Okay, so maybe it was, like, more, like, it was, like, out of the show, like, Andy said, yeah, they're, they're, they're gay. <laughs> That's possible. Yeah. Much like how it was, like, you know, like, Dana having to be, like, yes, Luce is bi and Amity is a lesbian before, like, they showed, like, even though, like, we see seen like, sights of, like, yes, Am- like, Luce has the hots for both ladies and dudes because, like, she blushes that, like, the, like, Cloud Strife looking motherfucker, and also <laughs> both met Eden and, <laughs> and obviously, at this point, is dating Eminem. So it's like, and like, we never saw Eminem have any interest in any character besides Luce, but at the same time, like, I feel like that's also like getting into like some more, like, out of context, like, out of the show territory, because, like, Dana has said that, like, Luce is probably, like, her first actual crush. <laughs> but yeah. Um,
1: okay, so apparently, the way we are meant to know that Spinnerella and Natasha are together in the first couple of seasons, at least is that they're always seen together. Um, They do, like, hug and lean on each other, especially when they're at the war table. They're, like, shoulder-to-shoulder constantly, and Mm -hmm. they refer to each other as darling, and that's all we get. And then, yeah.
0: Later, we find out that they're, like, (laughs) married-married. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. there is that but like at the same time you could also argue like well they're in every scene together because they're not characters up till this episode really <laughs> yeah. and they're just i mean again because like even characters in fiction in like in the universe don't know what they do <laughs> it's like oh they're just always hanging out together i guess we're not sure what they do they're just here <laughs> do they have kingdoms have i asked that before
1: uh i do they have ringstones as i recall the answer was that no they don't have runestones uh as far as we know they don't have kingdoms either we never get any kind of confirmation
0: on that okay but how do they have like their quasi-magical powers because like spinerella has wind powers and Atossa has like magic nets (laughs) but princesses without a runestone nor a kingdom (laughs) yes (laughs) It's... I mean, like, I, I get that chapter is, like, a princess with Father Runestone, but, like, she's still at least, like, she does have, like, her magic hair, I guess, in a sense. So I guess I guess that explains it to me there, where it's, like, I guess you don't need a runestone to have some power, even though...
1: Yeah, there's, like, it's... tiers of ship and the elemental princesses are the strongest, and then you've got regular princesses below that, and then you've got sorcerers below them, and so on...
0: Okay, I guess that just seems a little bit strange to me, where it's like, they, you know, I could swear that Spinnerella was an elemental princess because she has, like, wind powers, but, like, she doesn't have a runestone nor a kingdom, so but also doesn't need to recharge or anything. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might be over-examining this kid's show more than we probably should. <laughs> uh, okay. As we do all the time.
1: <laughs> we did go over this before. Four, but the elemental princesses are Raw, Glimmer, Frosta, Mermista, Perfuma, and kind of Shadow Weaver while well, she was connected to the Black Garnet, And I guess Angela. <laughs> so no, no no runestones for the others.
0: Alright then. <laughs> Well, I don't know. <laughs>
1: and I guess also the unnamed Fire Princess whose runestone stone was destroyed thousands of years ago.
0: Well, uh, yeah, when it got destroyed, she got teleported over to the Land of Vu. That's where she's been this whole time. <laughs> 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 she's off uh, temporarily dating Finn and then deciding to dump him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we should probably get back to it, because there's not much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode. But yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, a pulse bot arrives to blast them all, but the door carries the rest of them to safety, only to find more pulse bots surrounding them. And while that's going on, Glimmer pops over to the captain's base, and finally uses an ultra blast that actually kills the motherfucker, instead of just, like, bouncing off them. <laughs> like without doing any harm, I guess that's because she actually has full power of the Runestone and not stealing it her mom. So her elder class actually, like, she finally got agonizing blast, but also <laughs> she's leveled up, so it just does more damage in general. Because like she's just like sending all the the beams at one guy, mm-hmm. but she does definitely like knock people away <laughs> instead of like the usual <laughs> of like just bounces off. So she finally bothered to learn how to use ultimate blast! Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> And uh, she then immediately just starts going for Catra, who, you know, kind of funny that she does actually mistake her for Double Trouble at first. Turns out when you have a person that can be literally anybody and has already, like, pretended to be Glimmer twice. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't really think about it when, you know, they show up still looking like that disguise, and then realize, oh, fuck, it's actually the real person. <laughs> like, why, why would Double Trouble be disguised if they came back? <laughs> Like, they've been throwing into using the guys around Catra just to make fun of people and not being them in general. Well, so what like if something the going trouble? to this
1: mysterious cave? It wouldn't do to cast suspicion on Flutterina.
0: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I guess. And it's not like but they can like... kick the queen out for being sus, so... Yeah. yeah it's just pretty amusing. Also, it was like, if Glimmer was, like, any bit, like... I guess I don't want to say smarter, but like if she paid more closer attention, she would probably actually like, be able to figure out like, wait a sec, why would she have said like, oh you're back already? Is there a person pretending to be me going around? And then it's like, oh that's how they're figuring out where she where Adora is all the time because there's a spy. <laughs> but no, I guess she just glosses over that and doesn't hear it. Proper. I mean, she has too much bloodlust that she can't just bother to listen.
1: <laughs> with the sole exception of Bo, into the a dump stat for this
0: party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> But, yes, uh, while they're fighting, uh, Catra ends up being surprised when Glimmer lets slip that she is fully just using Adora as bait. But, you know, saying, like, oh, I guess you can change and everything. But uh, Glimmer just ends up blowing up a lot of the base and uh, does a repeat of what Janamira did by, like, grabbing onto, like, Catra's whip to, like, shock her with, like magic lightning Mm. it's not the black lightning that shadow weaver did it's just her like sparkle pink lightning but still (laughs) she is straight up actually doing exactly what shadow weaver like abused her power to do so i already like glimmered it's gonna be a problem in episodes from now where you're just gonna end up going a little bit too far off the deep end i think (laughs) it's gonna cause some strife i think it'll be fine Uh uh, yeah, I am sure. Slaps uh, through teenagers. I- These babies <laughs> get so much <laughs> <laughs> And You say that, and meanwhile, it's like oh, we're in we're looking down the barrel of having that in like three weeks in Farrell House. <laughs> 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 Actually, yeah, three weeks. Is, <laughs> three weeks is when that were. Yay! Hey. So. <laughs> yay! Oh no. <laughs> uh, I think we'll talk about that uh, blurb a little bit in the we with the trivia because I've got to bring it up before the pre- we started. But yeah, there's like a little, s- some more to talk about with that artwork. In- basically. But, uh, yes. Uh, Catra decides fuck this and breaks out an even bigger pulse spot that apparently can admit emit a pulse strong enough to wipe out half the woods. And basically, like, lets Glimmer have the, the uh, fucking Charlie problem of, like, well, you can never stop that or you can stop me. And then Catra just basically doing that temp's fate by having your brief fall on her and catch her <laughs> so she's stuck anyway so glimmer's like well i have to pick fuck you and she goes and just like teleports the robot like far above the woods so it blows up out of reach of everything so it's all fine and while she's dealing with that uh double Trouble actually shows up to get catcher out of the base so yay get on them to actually do something besides kind of being just a jerk doing espionage stuff i guess <laughs> uh but yeah back with the others uh natasha's basically just been trying to hold out the pulses with her like net bubble shield around them but then uh glimmer pops in to help them out because she's apparently like didn't bother to go make sure Catra was like actually dead or whatever she just went right here and she just uh here is basically just here and blows up all the bots herself uh except for like one that Spinnerella has to knock away off a cliff and she gets hit in some of the blast but it is okay and basically just Again, glitz that she has a slightly higher KD than her wife. That's all she really does <laughs> with this. Uh, and Glimmer just basically just snipes the last one that's still remaining, just not even looking at it, because she has to do, like, cool guy style of, like, shoot it while not looking at it kind of deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, later on, uh, Glimmer basically argu- like tells them all what happened and argues that using Adora as a distraction did enable her to kill the rest of the bots and uh, take out the base. And, you know, using something like that like, abusing the fact that the Horde would know where Adora is would be useful in the future if they have to, like, work around that. But Adora and Bo are clearly not thrilled to learn that she got help from Shadow Weaver, and they're looking at her like, uh, Glimmer is kind of going a little bit more uh, <laughs> neutral here rather than good. It seems like, oh no. <laughs> Pull up. Pull up, Glimmer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. Like, no, more, more dark power. <laughs> But yes, uh, uh, also later on, uh, Double Trouble and Catra arrive in the Fright Zone to report back to Hordak, and Catra awkwardly thanks them for helping her get out, but is also pretty dejected when she finds out that Double Trouble only did so to demand payment from her for actually doing their job, <laughs> which she does. And uh, They are then like a little surprised to learn that Glimmer's uh, like, change in attitude and just like willing to use her friends to her advantage kind of deal. And they just fully plan to use that to their advantage because they obviously have a spy in the hor- in the rebellion. So, fun times ahead, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. spying—it's a good time. Yeah, stuff is happening as opposed to most of season two and three, I would say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's very true. What? Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. You got me really good. I don't usually fall into my falsetto
1: like that. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> okay.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans. Is there any eighty stuff? There is is eighty stuff. Um, Yay. I'll
1: just go ahead and talk about that now. In case... Yeah. So... Uh, this week's 80s uh, segment is a little bit weird. Uh, not that they all aren't lately, but you know how it'd be. Um, mm-hmm. So the first thing that I am going to do is upload a character who is not in this show at all. So, <laughs> uh, this is a small one, capital S, capital O. That is her name. Um... The reason I am uploading small one is because uh, Flutterina is a real character in the '80s show, and what happens is is that uh, an evil guy, uh, just a generic baron, he's not a like a Skeletor guy or whatever, but he has a, a sun ray. He calls it, and despite it being called the sun ray, it's actually more like a freeze beam. It captures She-Ra, puts her into stasis, and this young woman here, Small One is the one who's able to disrupt the beam and free She-Ra, because she thinks it's kind of not nice to keep the hero of the Great Rebellion in stasis in your basement. as <laughs> <laughs> a trophy. Yeah, exactly. But she's grievously injured in the process, and so uh, the newly freed she rushes her to Light Hope, who is not especially helpful as to why what is happening happens. But he explains that she's about to go through a tremendous metamorphosis. And uh, sure enough, she somehow, question mark, turns into Flutterina.
0: (laughs) Who, like all the female characters on this show, has to the armor, but also butterfly wings.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. And the large boots, of course. And, you know. Oh, yeah. Naturally. (laughs) And then Flutterina joins the Great Rebellion. It's late. From that point, there's nothing especially. They managed to convince the evil baron to stop being a bad guy because he's not a Skeletor and so you can do that. (laughs) Or sorry, a Hordak. Hordaks you can't convince, but barons are fine. (laughs) There is uh, one thing I want to note about this, which is, um, I haven't touched on it to this point, but the the episodes of this show had, like, morals attached, and most of the time they're just, like, generic nonsense morals. Uh, mm-hmm. This one is really ableist and bad. So, uh... Just don't, okay? I, I told you the story. You don't need to go looking it up. <laughs> um, Yes, essentially, it compares Flutterina to a disabled person who is special on the inside, just like everyone else. <laughs> it's yeah, it's
0: bad. Ah, the 80s. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Uh, Which, unfortunately, kind of still extends to the 2020s. <laughs> not, not gonna quote that, but yes, it's, it's a problem.
1: And that's, that's that's pretty much what I've got for you today. Um, none of the uh, Elberonians had names, so I couldn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, at least I have a voice actor. Uh, like I said, I couldn't find one for Juliet, but hey, at least we know that the general has a name. But I do have one for a person who's pretty prolific in other regards, uh, because air quotes Flutterina, <laughs> and air quotes, if there is a real Flutterina, we're <laughs> still not sure, <laughs> is voiced by Amanda Celine Miller, who is best known for voicing Sailor Jupiter in both the like original Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon Crystal, uh, Junko and Toko in the Danganronpa series. Selly and Churche, I think that's how you pronounce her name. I don't think they ever actually say Churche's name in the game. I think she's like an optional character in Th- Fire Emblem Awakening. <laughs> Church, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's, a, it's an old game. <laughs> uh, Takeru or Izawa in Squid Girl. I think it's Takeru. I wrote Takeru for some reason. It's <laughs> uh, also apparently the voice of Boruto in his own series. Because <laughs> I guess I guess a lot of the time they still use uh, female char- like you know, ladies to voice male characters. I guess. And she's also jackass in Nier Automata, the, uh, pretty, uh, funny character who I think sends you on the mission, they find fish, and if you eat the fish, you die, (laughs) because (laughs) Nier Automata has all those bullshit endings. (laughs) things. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting, because it's, like, yeah, like, uh, she's not really, like, in a lot of TV shows, like, it's, like, aside from Sailor Moon and, uh, like, Squid Girl and too. it's mostly, like, a bunch of video game credits.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Um, I did find some more stuff from the 80s, if you're interested. Okay. Alright, so Elberon was a location in the 80s show, had nothing to do with Flutterina, whatsoever. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's the mayor. Uh... (laughs) 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 Just a... Generic surprise dude. (laughs) Yeah, generic white guy. Um, Essentially, it's a town built. what Hmm?
0: What are those things called that, like, the little, like, thing that looks like the bib uh, that, that goes on the shirt would be a cravat right yes those things fancy. Of those. it's a
1: fancy bib yes
0: but yeah um, <laughs> Elberon
1: was built on a giant fuel tank essentially <laughs> and they didn't know it and also there was a dragon living down there at the end <laughs> uh, the other thing is uh, I didn't realize this back in the Bo's Dads episode uh, that vase uh, where Shira was depicted riding a dragon that is called the Elberon vase which yeah. is a reference to this '80s episode, insofar as uh, there was a dragon living in the fuel pump underneath Elberon. That's that's
0: where that came from. <laughs> oh, okay. Huh. So at least that's like a little. That's at least a neat little like, uh, Easter egg, I guess, in a sense. It's way too um, many way steps to, to get uh, there, but yes. Yeah, it is. Hey, it's more than what the trivia in the sira wiki usually would have. <laughs> Which for oh, most yeah. of the no, trivia research is like, this, for this is when. Yeah, like usually the trivia and air quotes on that wiki is like this is the episode Glver got her powers back, and it's like, thanks. <laughs> I definitely couldn't tell that from watching the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, I think that's kind of just wraps it up with She-Ra. Do we want to quickly talk about the uh the little like blurb about the first special just because we didn't cover it earlier? Because, um, I mean, it, it, it does at least confirm something that I know we talked about last week. <laughs> yeah, I, I, fair enough, I suppose. I, I don't see a reason yeah. not to. It's
1: only a sentence, but so you can pick it apart, yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it says, after months of trying, and friends make a daring attempt to return to the Demon Realm. So we are confirmed there that it, there is going to be at least something of a time skip. <laughs> like, we're not sure if it's going to be, like, right as soon as the episode starts or if they're going to have, like, a bit from, like, when they first got back and then jump ahead. But, yeah, we do know that it's been a while for them, which explains why they have much longer hair or different hairstyles. <laughs> so that's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that I would prefer if they just jumped straight to the time skip. I don't want to see them right after they fall sure. through the portal.
0: Yeah, like, I, I feel like there's, like... Enough that they could probably cover just from, like, like referencing it. Of, like, you know, just, like, being, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, like, it was real weird there at first of having to, like, introduce y'all to the human realm, but at least you're learning. Kind of deal or whatever. Yeah. Or like wow it sure it sure was uh it sure was a bit of a gamble trying to figure out what y'all could actually eat from the human realm <laughs> like i had to figure it out but at least we got there eventually and just gloss over all that stuff and the inconsistencies of like how did luce get like that whole like loaf of bread and cheese and stuff and apples from like episode two <laughs> of the show <laughs> oh, i
1: mean again back then the portal
0: was still open um yeah but like i don't know maybe either was getting her food from the human realm <laughs> But at the same time, Ida doesn't have dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry? Ida doesn't have dollars, though. Ah. <laughs> so unless he was going around stealing from grocery stores. I mean, it's
1: Ida, so yes.
0: Yeah, true. It is Ida.
1: <laughs> yeah, the only thing I think I would regret about it being... Uh, like, jumping straight ahead to the, the, the few months ago is that we would miss the... They realized that the rain isn't boiling, scene, which you would
0: have to do if it picked up immediately. You know, I mean they they did technically cover that when they opened the portal because they saw the rain and Gus said it's human rain, it's fine. Yeah, but that's not the same. That was too much in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like at least like they at least acknowledge it a little bit. It's unfortunately not what people always like envisioned, like Abedi being in the human room for the first time, and you know being at first scared of the rain but then like infatuated with it because it's like oh it doesn't boil yay and like kind of having fun with it <laughs> so it seems like we might unfortunately not get that but like we i don't know we we still need to uh... i mean if we're if we're thinking along the lines of like luce is gonna be like kind of at wit's end here i kind of do want the whole like amity goes and takes her out on a date kind of thing before they're like all right let's actually figure things out and do whatever they're gonna do to try to get back <laughs> properly in the episode Because I want that. I want the fucking date in the human realm. Give it to us, (laughs) goddammit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would love... I would desperately love if that's where this episode started.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like maybe it's like, oh, Luce has been spending too much time trying to figure out a way back, and now he's like, you need a break, come on. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think that would be a real... Alright, okay. I'm being evil here, but... I think it would be really nice if we got an absolutely adorable, cute human realm date and then plunged into the depths of despair. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it hurts like that maybe, much more like, because we just got Yeah,
0: like maybe it's like, you know, during it, like, Lucid's like, oh, but we're messing around and not getting you back home. And oh no, we've been trying for so long. Oh shit. <laughs> deal. Yeah. I do like that idea i came up with of like maybe what if they're going what if their idea to try to get back is to just break into like the, the museum and steal all that shit from the curator from yesterday's lie maybe <laughs> it would be neat i mean they know like Luce and v know that he's got magic stuff there and like i guess camilla does too because she stole the cards when loose mentioned it <laughs> but it's like we know he had a training wand at the least we saw that there so it's like, I don't know, maybe the Training One has some Titan blood in it. We're not <laughs> sure how... T- we're, we've only seen Training Ones technically twice, just from that little bit where it was there, and then back in Adventures in the Elements. And it's like, we never really got any context for Training Wands... As a thing <laughs> besides like oh yeah it's just how you can learn to use spells easier mm-hmm, yeah so like we're not sure what how they work or what's in them but they apparently have a like finite resource like a battery in a sense so it might be titan blood i hope
1: it's not because if it's titan blood they're really wasting that stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah maybe yeah I, I guess actually, I guess it wouldn't be Titan Blood because, like, if it, like, Bellos is, like, trying to find Titan Blood for the portal and it's, like, if it's, like, in training ones, like, he'd be able to get it easily. So, I guess it can't be in there.
1: Yeah, that's true. But,
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's gotta be, like, some different kind of power source, so it's, like, maybe they still might be able to use that in some way to try to get back.
1: I can't wait for the montage of just running all over town collecting Ito's trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah just all of them just being like, uh, oh, fuck the uh secrecy of like magic, I guess we gotta get this shit no matter what <laughs> it's like fuck it, forget that you saw anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, it's uh gonna it's gonna be weird it's three weeks away <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't think yeah. I have
1: any more insight to offer that we haven't already covered so <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, like, we're going based on one sentence and a bit of artwork, <laughs> which we already covered the artwork last week, but, like, we'll know soon enough, and then we'll have to sit around for months again waiting, I guess. Yeah. Hey. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I can only hope that this special leaves us with as many questions.
0: <laughs> uh, it probably will. <laughs> Oh, could you imagine? If like, they I, just I,
1: answered everything right off the bat, and the rest of it was a straightforward action show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like they just opened it with, "Wow, I'm sure I'm glad that uh, everybody else took the news of Hunter being uh uh fucking Grimwalker pretty well, and also they all like were accepting of the fact that Luce accidentally helped out Bellows. Whoops! <laughs> but at least everybody was understanding to both. Yay! All right.
1: <laughs> okay, but for real though, uh, amphibia crossover? Yes?
0: No? I, no, <laughs> I feel like not, cause like, cause again, like I mean, we had that little like Easter egg about like Anne being found after being lost in the frog world and everything from the the previ- the season two finale, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, as much as people want to think that they're like connected, I feel like it's still just a case of like they just throw in Easter eggs because Matt Bradley and Dana Terrace are friends.
1: I'm just saying, there ain't nobody who has more experience getting back to their fictional world than Anne Buncho.
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, but they would have to get to Connecticut. They would uh, not Connecticut. They would have to get to California because they're in Connecticut. They're not in the same state. Yeah, I guess that's and true. like and you can't really like try to like wiggle room with a bit to be like, oh, well, Amphibia was actually set ten years in the past because everybody has smartphones and smartphones weren't that prevalent at the time, <laughs> <laughs> nor nor were tablets really. So it's like. You know, you can't like you can't like wiggle room it around to have like adult and Sasha and Marcy be there to help them out or anything. Unfortunately.
1: Are you sure about that? Dude, smartphones weren't a big deal in twenty twelve? The first iPhone was released well, I, in two
0: thousand seven. I, no, I guess, yeah. Actually when you can't even think about it like that. <laughs> but also Amphibia started in twenty nineteen, so if it's set ten like in like uh, well, I will have started in 2020 so if like Apple house is modern day and amphibia would have technically had to be 2009 right
1: well sure but as i say the, the first iphone was introduced in 2007
0: yeah but like Anne's parents have smartphones and i feel like most parents were not getting onto the smartphone train at the time even if their kids were i guess
1: i'm just saying it's yeah. more plausible than you're suggesting it is <laughs>
0: I suppose, but it's like, it it's just so weird seeing, like, Anne just drawn in the Amphibia art style in that newspaper, <laughs> where it's like, they didn't, like, try to, like, make her look like the Owl House art style, <laughs> so it's like, I feel like it is still just an Easter egg. <laughs>
1: you know, if anything disqualifies Amphibia from being 10 years ago, it's probably the K-pop thing, right? That wasn't a big
0: deal back then. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about that, I don't know. But also, I mean, if we really want to go this far, it's like, well, technically somehow the Calamity Box is both destroyed in Amphibia and also in Ida's basement. So, uh, good luck there, I guess. Well, the Guardian did say that they would need someone to (laughs) I don't I don't don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think we're getting this.
1: Too much collective lore, you're right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, we get little hints of it being a shared universe with that, and even, like, Gravity Falls with, like, the, like, the comic book that references Ida, in a sense, and, like, shows her on, like, a wanted poster or whatever, or, like, her silhouette and stuff. And, like, obviously, like, Amphibia also showed, like, oh, the bit with, like, the scientists with the different worlds, and, like, one of them is, like, a blurry picture of the Owl House, but it's, like, yeah, but that that's just, that's just goofs. That's just them being like, "Oh, it's another Disney show." <laughs> like, I'm sure, I'm sure if like Ducktales was still going at the time, they probably would have made like a little wink and nod to Ducktales too. But Ducktales was over by the time that season two of Amphibious season three of Alice House were airing.
1: I don't know. I kind of feel like, and stop me if I'm going way off base here, but I think I find Ducktales to be in like a different "quote unquote" house than a lot of Disney animation because DuckTales is like Mickey and Friends, right? That's the thing. So I feel like Yeah, I guess.
0: It's like more of a spin-off of that, yeah. Exactly. So I
1: feel like that's a separate thing than the the modern age animation. (laughs) Even if it is a modern show, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's... Hmm. How do I put this? DuckTales would be in a different part... Of the internet if they did a Wreck-It-Ralph TV show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, please, no. Wreck-It-Ralph TV was bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was
0: fine. It, it, was, yeah, it wasn't nearly as good as the first, though, obviously. No, it like, wasn't. No, no, con- but... no comparison.
1: I mean, yeah, that's that's certainly true. It does contradict the moral of the first one, but... Frankly, the moral of the first one needed to be contradicted. It was bad.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: But frankly, I'm surprised they haven't yet. That seems like you would think with Disney Plus, that it would be like, like a goldmine, right? It, it
0: does. It does seem like an easy idea, like right. But like at the same time, like you think about that, but it's like there's so many things where it's like oh you feel like that would be like such a easy get and meanwhile it just hasn't happened like i mean how long have we been hearing about like harry potter hbo tv show or whatever or like prequels about like his parents and when they were like teenagers in school and stuff and like that shit ain't happening but at the same time i feel like there's a certain big bugbear that's holding that stuff back <laughs> <laughs> and it's a uh, it's a pretty significant bugbear that won't let them do anything if she's not involved and they definitely don't want her involved anymore, but can't find a way out. Uh, I
1: don't know how much of a choice she has, it, it, like,
0: they
1: have, they gave her a lot of leeway, but they have control, you know? They did make her step back and take a co-writer for this most recent movie.
0: True. But she still kind of does have control overall, even if she kind of now has a person trying to be like, no, we can't do this shit because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, not to mention- Unlike her editors. Unlike her editors that gave up at a certain point. But I mean, the
1: (laughs) other thing I'm thinking about is the video game that's consistently advertising. We have nothing to do with her by
0: the game. (laughs) Yeah, we have nothing to do with her because she's not involved with it, even though we probably had to have at least like one conversation with her about like the general plot. And she's still definitely making money off of this thing because it's her IP. <laughs> right. My point is, but please don't think about that stuff. Of control these days. I would hope not. I think, <laughs> like, really, like, at, you would hope that, like, at one point, they could just eventually be like, "Okay, take the George Lucas deal, get the fuck out. We we can't deal with you anymore. Go be a shitbag on your own and not associate with this stuff because you're just." getting in the way I, I guess
1: guarantee you wb has offered her sweetheart deals like half a dozen times now and she just keeps refusing because she won't let go of her yeah
0: no yeah no she she doesn't like it when somebody else has control like as as pointed out with the fact that she doesn't like having a co-writer and never would let her editors do anything yeah yeah <laughs>
1: yeah I don't know the point I was trying to make with that is just I don't feel like she has that level of control over the property anymore if anything is holding them back it is surely the fact that they cannot adapt the stuff and make it good because you know it's not good
0: (laughs) yeah (sighs) no matter what we do it all comes back to talking about the shitty boy wizard theories in the end somehow (laughs) I I
1: Feel like I should at least take a fair amount of blame for that, because, well, I mean, you know how I am. You, you've you've experienced me by this point.
0: <laughs> no, in the uh, what the, uh, ten months of doing this show? <laughs> yeah, and I don't know why I, like Mime's looking at a watch. when nobody's <laughs> <can> seeing <any laughs> me. I don't. We don't have a camera. I did that just for my own sake, I guess. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, Bad Wizard Boy series was one of my big ones back in the day, even more so than me and Star Wars now.
0: Yeah, no, it was for everybody of our age back then, because we grew up alongside it.
1: Okay, let me put it this way. My public library, when I was 13 years old, put on a display of uh, memorabilia monthly, and uh, they did this in these huge glass display cases it was like a 12 foot wall of display cases where they would just put Mm -hmm. up stuff uh i was able to fill those entire display cases with my collection of memorabilia
0: (laughs) geez which was
1: displayed for a month
0: yeah to be fair i never actually like somehow i never got into like the whole like getting a bunch of Potter merch. I'm surprised. I, I'm sure I'm probably forgetting stuff. I definitely had like some Legos of it. I remember, and definitely had like some board game. It was basically like Clue, but like you know Harry Potter like one and two or some shit. <laughs> but like uh I don't remember like having a lot of stuff from it. Like the biggest thing is a lot of people always said I used to look like Harry just because I was like a short kid with glasses. And and when I had glasses in the like early on, I had the really big ones because. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I was allowed to get those. <laughs> okay, well. It was, those kind of big glasses are just asking for people to make fun of you. <laughs> Especially when you're a kid. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, that, that's like the basic glasses that's provided on England's National Health Service. That's why Harry has them. That's because the least won't pay for anything better, you see. it's to signify yeah, that fair. he's poor. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as long as I'm outing myself, I guess, uh, yours truly <laughs> went ahead and won... Two Harry Potter themed costume contests.
0: Wait, did you have
1: The first time, this one was when I was younger, was right when Prisoner of Azkaban came out, so I did a Harry outfit then. And then uh, for, um, what do you call it, Deathly Hallows, I did a mean, serious black, so. It was very. Alright. Harry Potter time! <laughs> There were two prizes at that second costume contest, uh, a Mm -hmm. men's prize and a women's prize, because, you know, there's no such thing as non-binary in a Harry Potter event.
0: (laughs) Uh, I, mean, I mean it's established that like everybody in harry potter world is christian so yeah this yeah. makes this tracks that of course like they don't they don't allow wiccans into school and also like i mean she's explicitly said that like native american magic is not real but her magic is and it's like oh boy yeah. so it doesn't surprise me at all that nobody in the harry potter universe has ever considered there being more than two genders <laughs> yeah
1: so uh, at this competition um a couple showed up. Uh, a James and Lily Potter, like, couples cosplay
0: thing. You got me un- unintentionally excited because I thought you were about to say Jesse and James when you started with James. It's oh. <laughs> Like, in <"And> Jesse.
1: Unfortunately <laughs> not. It was a Harry Potter-themed contest, remember? And uh, Hey,
0: Jesse and James could pull off pretending to be wizards in that setting. It wouldn't take much. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> then, try- then trying to do a heist on the magic community. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like heisting the magic community would be difficult, but... Just wearing a, wig, a a robe and being <coughs> superior, yeah, that's no big deal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So she, this this Lily cosplayer, won the women's competition, and I won the men's, leaving her her poor boyfriend did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it. That is what it is. Um, I don't know how I much mean, more want have
0: talked about it. Because to be fair. Who, who it's like they never really give like a proper description of james potter besides oh it's harry but with different eyes so it's like there's not a, there's not as much like uniqueness there anyway compared to like well you know, like, lily has like red hair which i was, like now i'm thinking about it like most of the main female characters actually have red hair because <laughs> <laughs> that's hermione Ginny, and i think i know i think luna has blonde hair but mm, like hermione that's basically <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of Emma Watson because Emma Watson kind of has like more like reddish hair, I guess, when she was a kid. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, like early on, like in the first few, but then it gets darker. But But that's also that's just kind of what hair does sometimes. Like my hair (laughs) was really red as a kid, and it got darker and more brown as I aged. Yeah, fair, same. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like,
1: I, I don't know how to talk about this exactly because that was. So much my thing For such a long time it
0: was... Oh yeah I know yeah same
1: To this day I can still tell you how many staircases There are at Hogwarts
0: Oh I definitely could not <laughs> Or how many I know, they, I know they mentioned I know they mentioned that in like Chapter like six of the first book I remember that cause it's like when Harry's being like I am so fucking lost but I learned at least this uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah no it's like yeah, no. I guess I just—I guess I wasn't as deep into it that way. Like, I went to the midnight releases of the, the sixth and seventh books, but that was the most. And like the sixth one, I was like still young enough, so my mom had to be there because I did not have a driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I never never did any like dressing up kind of stuff. Despite how many people said I look like Harry, that's a hundred. Like, oh, cool! I look I, cool. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Meanwhile, that first book released in, like... I
1: think it was 97 in England, more so- like something, 2000 in Something the like that,
0: right? I don't I don't think it was that late, because I feel like it was, like, two thousands when they were front- releasing the movies. Uh,
1: yeah, the first movie was 2001, so...
0: God, uh, I'm gonna have such a bad uh, fucking Google search here because I'm actually looking at Sorcerer's Stone release. <laughs> My computer browser is being infected by the turf book. <laughs> <laughs> At uh, least it's not your brain. No, True. I don't want the film. I want the book. Uh, ninety-seven. Uh, 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 does it say anything about. Uh. Published in the U.S. the following year. Okay, ninety-eight. Ah, well, okay so so i I think yeah because like you think you said like the first movie is 2001 right yeah it's like that's uh pretty much on par with like i guess like god like that i guess 2001 was like that and phantom menace right or was (laughs) phantom menace no wait no no. i think phantom menace was 99 because i was living in germany when that came out oh dang (laughs) Yeah, because I think that was 99, and then it was like 2000 and 2005, because I have a track, because I definitely saw Revenge of the Sith with my high school friends that I had met in uh, October 2004. Weird weird to think that it's already been like 18 years since I met my longtime friends that I still play D&D with. Hey, nice. (laughs) It's been a long time more than half my life now basically that's that's much nicer to think about
1: that's i think that is a note we should go out on because thinking about long-time friends that you still play D with is better than thinking about the other stuff so
0: <laughs> yeah especially harry potter
1: <laughs> i'll be honest uh i'm probably gonna
0: cut that down because we just did like half an hour on the bad wizard books yeah <laughs> you know hey our, our previous episode was longer i'd say you keep it then. <laughs> uh, we'll
1: see. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe we got any questions this week, but in the future, if you have questions, you can send them to us at usveroscast on Twitter or Asviroscast at gmail.com. I personally am at patch underscore nobody on Twitter. Uh, I've been thinking a lot lately about how I exist on Twitter solely through retweets and not producing any content of my own, but
0: I guess that's kind of what this podcast is in a way, huh? Did you change your Twitter handle? Hmm? Did you change your Twitter handle? Because you said at, you said you were patch underscore nobody. Oh no! But... Oh,
1: I did it wrong. Uh...
0: Yeah, no, I just I went to I went to the the podcast Twitter. <laughs> so you're still at patch underscore jacket. <laughs> yep, yep. Patch underscore jacket.
1: Oh no, having two names has bitten me, alas. <laughs>
0: we've we've only been doing this for 10 months and like in the course of two weeks you both forgot what name you were using on the podcast <laughs> that week and now you're forgetting your own twitter handle okay. and also we're talking about the Harry Potter for like 20 minutes, we're unraveling at the seams here <laughs> yeah, it's true uh, we just need that on house episode Exactly, we're going crazy waiting for it. It's 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 only been four months since the show went away, and like we've already been descending into mayhem, despite it being almost a year between season two A and two B.
1: Yeah, well, thankfully
0: we weren't doing the show back then. I can't imagine
1: how bad it would (laughs) have gotten.
0: I mean, yeah, like, well, if we were trying to do that, like back before, like when season two was first airing. We, I feel like we would at the start of a different show, because otherwise it would be like, well, I guess we need to stop mid-season, as opposed to at least at a season finale. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, realistically, if we had tried to do El House while it was airing, I think we probably would have gone with a one-episode-an-episode episode model instead of the two that we do now. Yeah. Because there's, like, <laughs> we'd be done in six weeks, and then what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Because it would have been... Well, if we were doing it when it was airing, it would have been 19 episodes for season one. So yeah, it would have been like ten <laughs> weeks, and then it's like, uh, all right, I guess we wait for a year. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I guess because uh, you, uh, well, we fixed that eventually if you're a Twitter handle. But if you want, if you want to follow me for more Splatoon bullshit, uh, I'm still like Chloe Phil Chaos. <laughs> not changing that much. That not, not. I guess yeah, it's not really still just kind of the same space of like retweets and stuff like that for the most part but like i don't know i i feel like that's largely because like whenever i have things to really say i'm mostly just typing them in our discord rather than putting them on twitter Mm -hmm. i guess (laughs) i guess i guess that's just my train of thought with that like i've had like a yeah there's been like a few times where i've been like talking to some of the like audio entropy people like that little funny bit where if uh it was, like in re- it was, like, in response to Lexi and Molly, I think, because they were, like, talking about, like, uh, like the Splatoon characters doing, like, the pointing at the cat meme, and I found one that somebody actually had done on, like, uh, like knowyourmeme.com, where it's, like, Callie Marie pointing at Judd, <laughs> the cat that does the judgment for the <laughs> things. I sent that to them because they were bringing it up, and they were like, thank you, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yes, this is exactly what you meant. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really just mostly what I'm doing. I'm still... Occasionally posting screenshots of Splatoon because that's why I'm still playing because <laughs> turns out uh Splatoon is a good game. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Splatoon good. You heard it here first.
0: And no, nowhere else. Nobody else in the last seven years has said Splatoon is good. Weirdly enough, they've just made sequels to this game series that, that nobody talked about up till now.
1: Splatoon good—you you heard it here first. If this is the first <laughs> of our episodes you've ever listened to, and also you haven't touched the internet.
0: <laughs> also, why are you starting here? <laughs> <The false reasons. laughs> Why are you starting at season four, episode three and four of she and not on like, a season beginning? Oh, you know,
1: some people like to listen to the most recent episode before they go back into the archives to see if it's worthwhile. And I think we have conclusively uh, yeah, proven guess... with this episode. It's not. Have a nice day.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> there. I don't even need to get to. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I think I'm I, I think I'm done and you, you good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then I suppose that there's nothing much to say but uh remember that's us weirdos good, have to stick, to stick together. together. Bye. Bye.